Hey, hey, which hey, whoa, <laughs> good morrow, wench. You know what? I realized in the last episode, we never said hey, which hey, yes, we did. No, no we, we didn't. didn't. <gasps> Louis Lamore, I edited that Ooh. one. There was not one, one, there was not one hey, which hey. I was like, <gasps> how do I edit this? I'm Christina, I'm Justina. Welcome to the Magnolia Street podcast. This is a practical magic fandom podcast. So, yeah. welcome. We um, were on a banger last time. We were just spit firing. Firing in all cylinders. We were coming off the Christmas high. Yeah. Yeah. Cooking with gas. Well, at that point when we recorded that episode, Christmas hadn't even happened yet. Oh, you're right. That was pre-Christmas. That was like the Thursday before Christmas. I'm telling you, time is an illusion. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. into the future. <laughs> all right. Had hey. that one. Hey. I like the hat. Got it for Christmas. I like it a lot. It looks it was handmade. like the only thing on my Amazon list that I actually wanted. It's adorable. <laughs> Thank you. That was uh your Christmas. Uh we didn't do shit. This this season, like Christmas just dragged on. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. And uh husband and I didn't do anything. I put the greenhouse together and she's done. She's done. Today the Darlene. doors went on. Darlene. I'm How's missing Darlene? I'm missing one panel. The front gable. I'm missing it. And I remember taking it out of the truck when we unloaded everything and I can't find it. However, I do have like a t- two dozen random nuts and bolts and supports that I don't know where they go. So wait, <laughs> like, where's the, where's the, where is it? I don't know. I don't know. I can't find it anywhere in the garage. That's weird. I hope it didn't blow away. Is it super windy where you That's are? That's what I was thinking. I was like, maybe like, maybe we set it down or yeah. I don't know. But the, I guess the company is, re- Aaron said the company is good about replacing parts. So that if that's okay. the only thing we need, awesome. Yeah. awesome. Watch, it's going to turn up after you get a replacement for it. Dude, don't, <laughs> and wouldn't that be my luck? Don't I know it? Uh, don't so- I know it? How are you doing? How was your Christmas? You were busy. How was the movie? Exhausting. I'm exhausted. That's I'm why it took me like a whole freaking week to edit that one freaking episode <laughs> you're fine like, that's can why I just get a minute to sit down and do this that's why we do these things so freaking early it's okay are you okay like <laughs> you're just tired i'm so, I'm so tired dude i did you get my marco this morning i didn't i yeah. left last night my cats would not shut fuck up they need to be locked in the basement for a night <sighs> they're just so annoying i'm sorry uh, punky kept trying to scale like we have this like ledge and then like like stairs to the basement but we have this piece of garland like on the entire ledge and he kept climbing it trying to jump onto the wreath that's hanging on the wall but like he would fall down the stair like he that's like a significant drop so i kept having to like wake up and get him off the ledge because i'm like thinking he's just like gonna fall to his death while i'm sleeping so i kept having to uh, i'm sorry yeah and then Coraline decides to get up at like 4 a.m and start whining for food so i had to get up and give her some kibble to shut her up and last night I had some hot chocolate with some uh, Bailey's and Di Sirono. Is that the amaretto stuff? Oh, that sounds very good. Yeah, Avi made some some spiked hot chocolates. So chocolates. Also, yeah, yeah. So maybe I'll have a hot chocolate oh. if anything. Okay. Let's see, 
that'll that'll but then i'd have to get up and brew it i don't know if i feel like doing it never mind i'll just drink this bottle of wine it's fine don't you just have to boil water or heat milk up i don't know how you take your hot chocolate yeah but if i if i turn the tea kettle on and walk away punky's gonna like friggin' set himself on fire so (laughs) while recording uh yeah it's such a child he is a child he's a freaking toddler my liver's like fuck the holidays It's all about so practice, my baby. My stomach's yeah. like, fuck you. I'm just gonna <laughs> gonna blow up to the size of a bull. I'm so bloated and I ate too much this weekend. Take um, do you have any apple cider vinegar supplements? Yes. Oh, supplements? No, I'll just like do a shot or something. Dang, you're hardcore. Ugh. Sometimes I'll make like the tea, like the apple cider vinegar tea, because mm-hmm. I, I had kidney stones for like a hot minute a couple years Ooh, ago. Dang. It was very painful, but that helped. Damn. I think it like helps dissolve them, I heard. I thought it only happened to like older people. No, apparently if, well, first of all, if you're not hydrated, <laughs> that'll happen. Um, if you're not drinking enough water and you, you're um, intaking like a lot of salt and sugar, then oh, you man. develop them. I'm fucked. Yeah. So drink your waters. Drink your H2Os. Drink Look your boys. water. <laughs> that was really good. Drink your demon whispers. With Darlene. <laughs> can we come up with a a name for you I, I and it needs to be darlene and it could be jolene and darlene jolene jolene and darlene <laughs> darlene and what's another like really outdated name that nobody has anymore dolores 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 Drusilla. Oh God. Denise Duncan. Donna. 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 That's my name. Cause I'm from New Jersey. New Jersey, and my name is Donna. Donna. <laughs> Donna Bafana. Darlene. Darlene. Yeah, Darlene and Donna. Darlene and Donna. <laughs> That's perfect. Wait, why did it take us so long to think of the name Donna? That's like the most common D name. I know. Donna. It's like D A W N N A. Donna. <laughs> Donna Bafana. All right, Darlene. And, and they Donna. both and both Donna and and Darlene both talk like that. <laughs> they run their own trucker company. Oh, and or Ma- my my uh, my family used to call me Mabel. That's cute. We should do Mabel. Mabel, Mabel. They used to sing a little uh poem to me. Mabel, Mabel, set the table. There was something else that went with it, but I don't remember how it ended. I think uh, you were onto something like a uh... If we if we do uh, Darlene and Darlene and Donna, they they do an all women's trucking company, yeah. and they teach you how to like like set up your rig, you know, like Ooh. for like the perfect setup for a lady. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. They ain't ladies. The broads. The they're they are the ladies of the line dance, ne- the neon lights. <laughs> wow. The what's that? The do you listen to country at all? I don't remember if you said you no. do. Not really, like not Once every night beneath the light of a neon moon. I'm not as uh, well versed in the country world as okay. you probably are. I listen to bullshit country, like okay. like I considered old Taylor Swift country, but that's like corny country. That's like like oh. country. it's not really country. Like no, I just realized now we got to add Brooks and Dunn to our WMSR. Oh God. <laughs> Welcome to the shit show, everybody. This <laughs> Justina's show. Justina's in a mood. <laughs> Run by Darlene. Darlene. Darlene and Donna. Darlene and Donna. <laughs>
I don't think we need wine today. I think it's just, it's post-holiday delirium. That's what this is. You got to come at it already laughing. And then it's just- Coming at you, Cleopatra. No diggity, gotta bag it up. (laughs) So, uh, what we talking about today, Darlene? This episode is brought to you by the patrons. This was on our Patreon, where our patrons, uh, including yourselves, if you join, can vote and pick uh, one of our topics we discuss throughout the month. And this one is a character analysis on Ms. Frances Owens. Oh yeah, this is the this is our patron pick, huh? It's a patron pick. Yep, well, once a month. Thank we you, do a patron. Yes. Yeah, it was kind of close. It was getting a little close it with the other close. ones, and I was like, oh dear God, please don't, <laughs> please don't be Dwight, <laughs> please don't be Dwight. Please don't make us do Dwight. So we're going to talk about Frances Owens today um, from books and movies. We have an interview with the one and only, not with, but we have an interview we will read to you uh, from Stalker Channing talking about practical magic. And then like the Sally character episode, we're going to kind of break apart Aunt Franny's Myers-Briggs personality, Enneagram, her astrology, do a little of that. So that's what we have in store for you today. Yeah, if you guys liked our uh, interview reenactment on the Louis on the past Louis L'Amour episode, you're in for a treat with these Stalker Channing interviews. <laughs> I have been dying, dying at Trans. No, not Transylvanian. Transatlantic cowboy. <laughs> Transatlantic cowboy. It's our new dialect. That is my absolute favorite thing. I just <laughs> want. I just want to draw a like a a cowboy in a trench coat with like. High, high high pants. I don't know how you draw a transatlantic cowboy. Well, I'm sure you can pull it off if anybody can. So, well, thanks, but it's just been get, cracking me up. Literally, it you got to get to the drawing board and sketch something mm-hmm. out because I think mm-hmm. that would be hysterical. So, yes. how about this time you take the you take the interviewee and I will be the interviewer. I think you could okay. do a better stalker voice than me. Okay, I'll have to like segue it like the first few lines in the movie. Yeah. To get to get her to like channel through oh, more than three hundred, yes. She's very transatlantic, so <laughs> yeah. it might be easier. <laughs> She's an old bitty. Welcome to an, our second character analysis. Oh yeah, Franny Owens, man. I think that Franny in the movie kind of emanates like the auntie we either all want or we we know of somebody in our lives that is like this, like the tough love, doesn't sugarcoat anything, kind of mm-hmm. like says what she wants, no filter kind of person. Yeah. And, I love and it. also I do want to mention that in the book, it's made very clear. Well, at least by Book of Magic, which is, which is the last book, how it kind of reiterates kind of Sally's upbringing and how they always saw Franny as like the mean aunt mm-hmm. because she is that tough love. But like once you get to the core of her, once you get to the center of, of her, mm-hmm. she's like, the sweetest like she 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 always she's just a bitch because she has your best interests at heart it's family first for franny right which is like that whole thing going back to jet and when she became you know buddy buddy with the reverend after the reverend ostracized her for so many years franny's still like no fuck this guy Mm -hmm. like you know she's still trying to protect her sister up to the very end um and even cross me once exactly again Exactly. So, you know, she's ride or die. That's how <laughs> I see Franny. She's that ride or die. Oh, I want that on a shirt. Kind of bitty. Yeah. Francis Owens, ride or die, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. 
the OG ride or die. <laughs> so that's how I kind of see Franny. I have, I do have an aunt that kind of re- reminds me of her. Me too. Um, yeah, my aunt Fifi. She's oh, uh, yeah. Her name is Fina. Serafina is her name, but we call. Oh I, my god, call, that's beautiful. I started calling her Fifi. Uh, that's my dad like has, angelic sounding. Yeah, my dad has two two sisters, so they're like my witchy aunts. I feel they like I don't know. They're not really witch. They're not witchy, but. I feel like just aunts in general and sisters are inherently witchy. I feel like we had this, we've had this discussion before, right? Right. But we can reiterate, like, neither of us have sisters. So we're like, right. ah, we don't know. We don't know. We don't yeah. know. But I think you're right. Yeah. Having that, like, blood connection, like, uh-huh. there was a point in time y'all lived in the same household with your mother and were synced up, most mm-hmm. likely, you know, yeah. magic. Yeah. Magic. I mean, I used to live in a house with my grandmother and oh like you know always seeing like her passing down her um i guess just her recipes and all of her little concoctions that's that's i feel like that's witchy in and of itself we're gonna like, have that but, generational magic episode i really hope uh, right yeah, that's fun. on the list yeah do you have a lot of aunts growing up uh i didn't have a lot my family is really small but i have one aunt that does have that like no filter kind of mm. like rough just says what she wants to say and i just I remember growing up wanting to be like her because she was kind of tomboy. She worked at a bar. She drank. She she actually like ran away to Arizona at one point to be with a guy before she ended up. So I was like, you're you're the shit. And when I was younger, um, somebody, I must have been like six or seven. Somebody was like, Christina, you're so pretty. And I was like, I don't want to be pretty. I want to be like Aunt Maria. And like <laughs> she was there like I the want to be like Darlene <laughs> Darlene <laughs> I wanted to be like my Teta Maria and just Aww. be like cool independent yeah. and that's how I f- and nothing nothing witchy or magical but I think we've said before like like Stalker Channing was typecast into this role she's basically Aunt Rizzo you know so <laughs> that's yeah. what we're gonna talk to you about today yeah um so my 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 I call her Aunt Fifi. I I bougie her name up so hard, but no, we call her. <laughs> growing up, we call her Tizifina, right? Mm-hmm. Tizifina is like aunt in Sicilian, so we call her mm-hmm. Tizifina. Um, and my dad's other sister is Maria, so she's uh, Tizamade. We call her Tizamade. Oh, um, beautiful. There. Um. So my 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 aunt Fifi. She was actually the same one who threw my Ouija board or my friend's Ouija board over the fence. Oh, it comes full circle. <laughs> she's super like she's super Jesus, right? But she's mm-hmm. she's like very spiritual. She was she was the one growing up who would always she, she would like pray over you if you yeah. had like if you were sick or anything. And I always thought that was like super fucking witchy. Like I had chicken pox <laughs> and she was like she was like praise Jesus, take take these chicken pox away. Wow. Heal. Like I just like she's just so woo woo and spiritual and um out there that I'm just like. But she's also very like tough love. She'll she'll be the first one to tell you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> that seems to just be your Sicilian family though. I guess so. <laughs> um, but like everybody in my family, it's just that tough love. I guess. And yeah. and you know we're from New Jersey. We don't we don't take shit. So. But your aunt being like just like take out the part where she it's like. Jesus, just take right. out that part exactly. to be that connected with something and that right. devout and like that, I don't know, d- d- energetically spiritual. Mm-hmm. Like she's got something, whatever it is, like she's yeah. a healer of some kind, yes. which is beautiful. And exactly. she loves you. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And I never saw it as like, like, yeah, of course she's super religious and she, if she wants to attach, you know, a denomination to it, 
that's her that's whatever but like I never saw it as like I I don't know I guess denominational I always just saw as spiritual and like Mm -hmm. yeah that healing kind of loving energy Mm -hmm. um so I always just found that really endearing whether I'm not religious or not like I still like I said in the past episode like I will take prayers I don't if you want to pray yeah feel free I'll take all the prayers I can get (laughs) But that's so that's how she was when I was like grown up as a kid. She would always do stuff like that. And she she has had a lot of spiritual experiences and she's told us about a lot of her spirit spiritual experiences. Like she's had prophetic dreams. Like she's mm-hmm. had family members come to her in dreams to give messages to other family members. Like Whoa, cool. If we want to talk about this on a bonus episode, it would be really sure. cool. She has a whole story about pennies, about okay. how like somebody like a family member came to her in a dream telling her about pennies and that she needs to pass this on to like a family member that's still living yeah i think she did it actually at the person's wake which is like really bizarre whoa i'm gonna have to tell you this story it's not okay let's let's talk this week okay bonus episode yeah for sure for sure but we do definitely get that with franny like you you see at the very beginning her just walking out of that house with her strut she's got that strut she means business but then uh-huh. you see her um you know get embrace the girls and say like ho- basically homework's gonna be there let's do some spells yeah that's jetty and she's like a little mug- mugwort will fix that right up she loves those little girls like they're her yeah. own for yeah. sure yeah yeah so francis franny owens uh was also dubbed the maiden of thorns in rules of magic and that's in reference to her siblings referring to her rough exterior and that she doesn't really care for many people except for halen who's her best friend and she doesn't mm. wear her emotions on her sleeve right so her physical information um, in the books, she is written to be about six foot. And in the films, she's about five three, which is wild to me because Stockard carries herself, as I said, with such poise and authority that she seems so tall. And she just gives that like chin held high, take no shit vibes that just looking her at her in the film, I would I would have been convinced she was six foot tall. You know, mm. if, if not for researching this confidence, like having that confidence and that take no shit kind of vibe, it makes you appear bigger than you are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It really that's does. why that's why I'm always like, you cannot be a four foot eleven. There's no way because <laughs> you have that that Sagittarius like out outranks your height. I think I guess so dude you know how many people I've had like not come up to me because like people are afraid to come up to me which I've learned I didn't I had no idea about this like for the longest time and then like you know being becoming friends with somebody like after a while like they'll tell me like oh you know when I first like met you or when I first saw you I was I thought you were such a bitch I was afraid to even like come up to you and I'm just like that's just my face like <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> that's just my resting bitch face that's my RBF but that's your Donna face my Madonna face Madonna. <laughs> um but I I don't know I guess I I uh I appear that way I don't know why um I guess it's okay. my take no shit my take no shit attitude it's that jersey coming out of you yeah I feel like I'm kind of I'm gonna become Franny when I get older because I already have that kind of tough like even with my friends and my family like that's pretty much me to the core like I don't fuck with family if you fuck with my family you're fucking with me and I have a person <gasps> issue with you even my friends like that i treat like my family i'm like don't mm-hmm. fuck with my fa- don't fuck with my friends don't fuck with my family 
or we're gonna have some we're gonna we're gonna brawl on the street right now let's yeah, go yeah. <laughs> <Throw down. laughs> so franny's hair sorry <laughs> franny's hair in the books uh is red Alice made her redhead, and in the film, it is brown. Her eye color in the books is gray, like all the Owens women. And in the film, she has brown eyes. And they label her skin color as fair, which, again, I feel like Jetty has more fair skin than than her sister. But um, I'm just relaying the information. Um, our relationships. We know that Bridget Owens is her sister, and um, not in the movie, but in the books, we know that uh, they have a brother named Vincent Owens. Um, and then her husband or her childhood friend who becomes her husband, right? Mm-hmm. And then eventually passes away, not from the curse, but we learn he gets cancer, right? right. Halen Walker is her love of her life. Um, April Owens is her distant cousin. Regina Owens is her niece. And then Sally and Jillian Owens um, are her great nieces. Occupation, we've we've learned that they're witches for hire, <laughs> <laughs> basically i was really trying to like scour rules of magic to see if she ever had an any occupation at all well she well they were entrepreneurs right they made that yeah. that store enchantments in new york city um she was Did a they, businesswoman i'll have right? to i don't remember reading that it was actually called enchantments i just thought they i'll have to look at that you know why i'll take your I'm word for it it's called enchantments i think because i don't know if alice hoffman ever said this in, her, in, in an interview but i know that alice hoffman she was from isn't she from new york i know i i think i read in an interview that alice hoffman when she was doing research for rules of magic she went back to new york and kind of like took a walk around and just like saw all i guess the witchy spots and stuff like that and then if you look in the um practical magic fairy magazine issue there is an article on enchantments the the store the uh occult store in mm-hmm. the Greenwich Village, New York City. Maybe I'm just making an association because I just saw that in there. Or if somebody specifically said that Enchantments, that store in that issue of that magazine was a direct reference to okay. the store, to the Rules of Magic store that was okay, owned cool. by Francis and Jet. All right. Yeah. But so we'll still, have to, we'll have to scour that that magazine and see exactly what they say about that store. But still, which is for hire. People are coming in looking exactly. for spells and exactly. leaving with maybe something they didn't expect to leave with, right? Yeah. And even yeah. when they closed that store, when they decided to go back to Magnolia Street, right? They put that red light on. They put that light on that back porch. So as we know, Franny has the powers and abilities of spell casting or the act of changing or controlling events or people through the use of magical means, which we see in the movie, right? They do the whole spell on Sally, make her fall in love, blah, blah, blah. Potion making, the act of concocting mysterious brews that act as a magical type of liquefied medicine or drug. It's um, excellent for the pause. Excellent. Exactly. The little um, potion that they brew at the end of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Zoolingualism. I've never even heard of that word. Have you? I have not. I like it. There's a lot so, of letters in that. <laughs> it says, from an early age, Frances had the ability to communicate with birds, which flopped to her window as if called when she was still in her crib. Yes. There, there's a whole section toward um, right after your Zodiac section that you added about her connection with the birds. So we could talk a a little bit more in depth about that later on. Awesome. Um, Divination, the act of divining future past and present events based off extrasensory perception. Um, Astrology, the practice of divination through observation of the moon, sun, and other planets in the belief that their positions affect human behavior. Dude, 
Johnny, that Johnny Bravo thing. I'm a Capricorn. No, you're a Capricorn. I'm a Cancer. Dude, I looked, I scoured through every single Johnny Bravo video on YouTube and I was like, it's gotta be here. It's gotta be here. I was in the car. I was in the car with Aaron and I'm dying and he's like, what the fuck's happening? I was like, it's Johnny Bravo. (laughs) (laughs) Does he even know who that is? Are you guys the same age? I'm four years older than him. So he's probably like, who the fuck is that? Yeah, he was like, I only watched it like once or twice. It's like, I loved that man. I think when uh, when it was on, when I was watching it, I think that was like his peak. You're a Capricorn. I'm a Cancer. Those cartoons, those commercials were all over Cartoon Network. <laughs> um, so it was on like every every like 20 minutes that the same freaking commercial would come on. And that's the one oh, that I remember. So funny. <laughs> um, anyway, cartomancy, the practice of divination through the use of tarot cards, even playing cards, any kind of cards for that matter, is yeah. cartomancy. Um, my friend Renee, uh, one of the Conways that I was telling you about, she actually taught me how to read, um, like, I guess like fortune teller style tarot card reading. She taught me how to do that with actual playing cards. That's badass. That's so cool. Just by using like the numbers and the suits. That is so cool. Yeah. Cause the suits correspond with the same as the tarot. So, you know. So is there no, um, major arcana in, the um, like a regular playing deck? I guess not. You would use the court card system, if anything. Okay. Because mm-hmm. they have the jack, queen, king, mm-hmm. um, ace, if you want to count that. We have cardomancy, intuition, the practice of divination through the use of instinctive knowledge, palmistry, the practice of divination based off the features indicated on the human palm. We see Jillian doing that in the movie, but not so much the aunts, right? Right. Um, yeah. Tassomancy, which is the practice of divination based off the positions and symbols of tea leaves. I don't remember doing that, them doing that in the movie, but I don't know if you ever saw Coraline. Do you remember Miss do you remember uh Miss Fink and Mrs. Forcible? I've never seen that movie. Yeah. They read Coraline's tea leaves in that movie. That's so sweet. It's one of my favorite movies. We did a whole course in the priestess training about uh Tassomancy and I did a a Yeah, yeah, not Coraline. Oh, I was like, (laughs) oh, um, but I did a Book of Shadows page on it. Maybe I'll share that on the, the Patreon. Oh, but yeah. it's all like instructional, uh, watercolored. I love it. Um, yeah, so they do like a little blip on that in the movie Coraline. Uh, telekinesis, the ability to move objects or people with one's mind. I feel like this is a lot of in Rules of Magic where she's... Okay. I feel like when she's like trailing after Vincent trying to clean up his messes, you know? Got it. Do you see her do any other powers and abilities that were not listed? No, I think it's all here. Like, she has a big connection with the birds. She basically feels like she speaks their language. There was one part in Rules of Magic where she was like on the... um, what is it the what do they call it the staircase the fire escape in i guess new york or wherever they were living at the time she was able she i guess floated or she enabled herself to float oh that's right yeah that's right so maybe maybe the gift of flotation levitation i don't know (laughs) levitation yeah the only other thing like i don't even she i don't think she even floated that long for it to be like she kind of like second guessed it she was like oh well was you know, was that, was I actually floating or was it just mm. like a, a blip in the matrix? I don't know. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. The only other thing I'll add is like herbalism, I guess, okay. but th- that might fall under like potion making using, uh, as an act of magical t- type of liquefied medicine or drug. Yeah. I would associate only... that with potion making. Like she does the black soap with on Isabel. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. To sum up Franny's life, <laughs> which she had a hard you... life. Yes. So she is in three of the four books. She's in Practical Magic, Rules of Magic. She's not in Maria's story, which is in the 1600s. 
um, but then she's also in Book of Magic. Can I just mention that even though she's not in Maria's book, there's a connection between Maria's book and Franny with the with the whole thing with the birds. Yes. Yeah, so I think I might have written it toward the bottom okay. when I go into all the bird stuff. Okay. Um, so, but I was seeing a connection between Maria and Franny because they both had a, a crow familiar. So Frances Franny Owens was born on the 21st of March, 1943, which is the first day of spring. Franny was born in New York to James Burke and Susanna Owens. Again, the Owens women don't change their last name. She was raised on the Upper East Side. She's a young girl who is independent and rebellious, determined to make her own choices in life despite being raised in a strict family. I don't think I wrote it in here, but her father is a psychologist. Mm -hmm. So he kind of like tries to pick apart everything his kids do. Right. So Aunt Franny is a natural witch and has an innate connection to magic. However, she firmly believes in science and believes everything has a rational explanation. She is a no-nonsense, stern figure, even through her childhood. This doesn't keep her best friend Halen Walker from her, though. In June 1960, Franny is invited to stay with her Aunt Isabel for the summer after she turns 17, but not before receiving a letter of administration to Radcliffe University. Jet and Vincent resolve to go with Franny to Massachusetts. While away, her Aunt Isabel instructs them on how to hone their skills in the unnamed art, a.k.a. witchcraft. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, it is Franny who Isabel names as the keeper of the family's Book of Shadows. Franny is a powerful witch with a deep connection to the natural world. She is skilled in herbalism and potions and has the ability to cast spells and perform magic. She uses her powers to help her family and those in need, but is careful to keep her abilities hidden from outsiders. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to note here that she was also Aunt Isabel's favorite of the three siblings. And Franny was also one of the, she was the chosen one that Aunt Isabel kind of like woke her up out of a deep sleep to come help her make this black soap. So she, um, so Aunt Isabel kind of handpicked her to help her with the black soap ritual. So uh -huh. when I was reading it, I took it as like Aunt Isabel sent out like a message to all three and whoever answered the call was like the chosen one. Okay. okay. Like you are the Jedi kind of thing. Right. So it that's how Franny. It wasn't because Franny was older and she was more receptive right. to that. Like that, that was Franny's trip. Okay. First uh -huh. of all, and Jen right. and Vincent, crash that trip they did well they they were only franny was only allowed to go if fran if um vincent and jet went right as we know that Susanna said their mother right she that was her stipulation franny can only go yeah. if they go with her yeah because they were like oh we're concerned about your rebellious ways uh -huh. and they're like we'll go with her we're <laughs> yeah. secretly equally as unhinged I, I always thought vincent was more rebellious than the other two Oh, we, oh, yes. He's super. That's a different episode. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely a different episode. Anyway. So Franny, Bridget, and Vincent's lives are turned upside down when their parents pass away in a terrible car accident, leaving Franny as the head of the household. She takes it upon herself to find a small home for them off of 44 Greenwich Avenue, uh, New York, where the three of them try to make ends meet. Through this time, she has been pushing Halen Walker away from for fear of the family curse that it will find them and Halen will end up dead. He resolves to propose to another woman, but unbeknownst to Franny, does not marry this woman at all. Between trying to keep Vincent from drinking himself to death and not saying a word about her sister traipsing off to Massachusetts basically every other weekend, Franny keeps busy by selling lotions and potions, as Justina says. 
mm-hmm. the locals. As the years pass, she and Halen do become man and wife, but only after Halen is diagnosed with cancer. After his passing in 1986, the aunts receive a phone call, and that's when Sally and Jillian show up on their doorstep. Aunt Franny is the matriarch of the Owens family. Franny is strong, resilient. She has survived the death of her husband, parents, and beloved aunt, and has dedicated herself to passing on the family's magical heritage to her grand nieces, Sally and Jillian. Despite the hardships she has faced, Frances remains determined. She is fiercely protective of her family and will do whatever it takes to keep them safe. This often puts her at odds with the outside world, which views the Owens family with suspicion and fear. Aunt Franny is a complex, compelling character who is driven by her love for her family and her desire to protect them. She is a powerful force in in the practical magic books, and her strength and determination helps shape the course of the story. Okay. Did I miss anything massive? Oh my god, I'm sure you... There's so I much. Well, I'm trying Franny... to just keep it about her because yeah. like all of the other characters, you yeah. don't know. This is like in your life. You don't know how many lives your life touches. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why I tried to keep it base level Franny. <laughs> yeah, though, I mean, those those are pretty much all like the benchmarks, right? Mm-hmm. I think. I think so. I think I got yeah. them. All I right. think you got them all. Donna. Okay. All right. So we're going to talk about Francis, aka Franny Owens, played by Stalker Channing in the movie Practical Magic. Um, so Stockard is an American actress best known for her role, her role as Rizzo in the film Grease and as First Lady Abby Bartlett in the tele- in the television series The West Wing. I've never watched The West Wing. Have you? Mm-mm. That was probably I have not, but check time. out this next little easter egg that i highlighted oh geez okay so channing was born susan antonia williams stockard wow how about that is her middle name amazing that is amazing so she was born on uh february 13th 1944 in new york city she began her acting career in the 1960s and has appeared in numerous films television shows and stage productions in addition to greece and the west wing some of her other notable roles include jane i love jane fonda jane fonda too in the electric horseman the title character in six degrees of separation and a supporting role in the business of strangers so is she february 13th is aquarius yeah i think so okay she's an air sign right (laughs) yes yes quite a difference from her character as we know in the books which we'll get to a little bit later on i always thought franny was an air sign but i'll explain why a little later okay okay so channing has won several awards for her acting including a tony award for best actress in a play for her role in a day in the death of joe egg and an emmy award for outstanding supporting actress in a drama series for the west wing in addition to her acting career she also has worked as a voice actress and as a narrator for various documentaries she does have a very notable voice she has for sure perfect over uh Voice over voice. Yes. Stockard was 53 at the time of filming, whereas in the movie, the producers decided to keep both of the aunts' ages very mysterious. And even in the books, they say that the aunts never age, right? And it's all due, it's attributed to this magical black soap that they always wash their faces with. I have a little bitty on this later oh. on. Ooh. I have like, I was like, <gasps> conspiracy. <laughs> oh, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear this. So Stockard actually won the Blockbuster Entertainment Award in 1999 for Favorite Supporting Actress Comedy Romance Film. And we have an interview that we're going to share a little bit later on about her thoughts on uh, portraying 
Aunt Frances in the movie. Frances and Frances. Griffin Dunn talks about the aunts in the DVD documentary and says they call themselves the Siamese twins from Sideshow and they really are so interconnected. Stockard's Franny is the salt to Aunt Jet's sugar and Stockard is very salty. <laughs> Do you think Aunt Franny is the lime to Aunt Jet's coconut? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're just the best. Yeah. I can't wait to do a character analysis on Jetty because to me, uh, Franny's personality is just so much bigger, you know, and it's almost pushed to the forefront and it takes over Jetty a little bit for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. That's just my interpretation. Jetty's so is just like sweet and just a people pleaser. Yeah. You know, she doesn't ever want to ruffle any feathers. I feel you, girl. Franny in the books, these are some lines that uh, Alice has written that kind of just give a little depth on on Franny's character. However, I put this a little farther down, but the name Francis doesn't even appear until page 258. They're just referred to as the aunts. Really? Okay. It says this is page 12 through 13. Well, how many pages are there in in the book, Practical Magic? Like This is toward the end. This is like when the aunts- That's what I'm saying. Yeah, when they show back up to get rid of Jimmy, that's when they're like name named, I think. Shut the front door. Okay. Out of the book, it says, occasionally someone might appear who wanted red pepper for a persnickety stomach or butterfly weed for nerves. But every woman in town knew what the aunt's real business was. Their speciality was love. The aunts were not invited to potluck suppers or library fundraisers. But when a woman in town quarreled with her lover... When she found herself pregnant with someone who wasn't her husband. Scandalous. Scandalous. <laughs> <laughs> or the man she married was as unfaithful as a hound. Then there she'd be at the Owens back door. Just after twilight, the hour when the, when the shadows would hide your features. So no one would recognize you as you stood beneath the wisteria, a tangled vine that had grown above the door for longer than anyone in town had been alive. Um, All right. Sidebar real quick. I, I remember in a one of our like earlier episodes the the word or the uh, herb butterfly weed came up and i questioned and i was like when did they ever say they use butterfly okay it's right there There it is (laughs) page 12 to 13 good catch man i didn't notice yeah on page 13 it says the aunts clucked like chickens whenever a woman walked up the bluestone path they could read desperation from half a mile away a woman who was head over heels and wanted to make certain her love was returned would be happy to hand over a cameo that had been in her family for generations one who had been betrayed would pay even more damn damn so here's where i think franny starts appearing and this is when the aunts come to new york to rid jimmy's ghost and they're talking to jillian i can't believe that like i never i never even realized that until you just pointed that out to me two they're always a unit no like i'm saying that we don't know their names until page 258 i've never noticed that yeah all right so she uh this is 258 to 259 she, referring to Jillian, always thought of them together as a unit. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. And now she sees that Aunt Frances is nearly six inches taller than her sister, and that Aunt Bridget, whom they'd always called Aunt Jet, is actually cheerful and plump, like a little hen dressed up in black skirts and boots. This says, Frances comes to the porch to better assess her niece's house. Modern, but very nice, she announces. Sally feels a sting of pride. It's as high a compliment as Fran- as aunt francis would ever give it means that sally has done it all on her own and done well and that was on page 261 
Franny's the one who tells Jillian it wasn't by her hands that Jimmy died. So Franny mm. was basically like, hey, you didn't kill Jimmy. That dose wasn't even enough to kill a fucking, what do they say? A, a mole rat? A mole rat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. On page 269, it says, this is, uh, they're, the aunts are at the house. They're trying to make the concoction to pour over Jimmy's grave. And somebody has ordered pizza. So a pizza delivery guy shows up. Pizza delivery, he manages to say, this is your job. Francis wants to know, <laughs> delivering food? That's right, the boy says. He thinks he can see Antonia in the house. There's somebody beautiful with red hair at any rate. Francis glares at him. That's right, ma'am, he amends. Francis reaches into her skirt pocket for, cha- for her change purse and counts out $18.33, which she considers highway robbery. Well, if it's your job, don't expect a tip, she tells the boy. Could you imagine getting $18 and change? <laughs> <laughs> so then a few pages later she go um there's another knock at the door and she go she says it better not be that delivery boy back for more i'll give him a real piece of my mind what is her gripe with delivery people uh she was a working girl one day you know back in her day the power of the bill oh my god okay so here's here's my thing here's my little spiel about the timelines and the ages and like the the aunts being like in the first book at least is this a conspiracy here we go all right all right so like there's such a difference between how we see the aunts in the first book versus how they are portrayed in the other books the aunts in practical magic don't even really have speaking lines like until the end um like until they arrive in new york towards the end to help rid jimmy's ghost they come across much older to me in Practical Magic than in Book of Magic, which is the fourth book. However, Practical Magic was said to have been through the eyes of like the late 80s, early 90s, okay? So Mm -hmm. if Franny is born in 1943 and the girls come to Magnolia Street in 1986, Sally is said to be about 12 at the time. That would have made Franny only 31 or 30, like 30, Hmm. 31, okay? Okay. Which means in the Book of Magic... And here's where the spoiler, okay? Sally is said to be 44 in the Book of Magic. And so Franny would have only been 74 or 75 when she dies. The product doesn't work. (laughs) Take it back. (laughs) Because she's supposed to be the oldest sibling. But one of the first lines in the book is in uh, in Book of Magic um, is there was Jet Owen. Jet Owen saw her fate in the mirror behind the reference desk. Even in her her 80s, Jet was still beautiful. And that's on page three. So let me just get this straight. If Jet died in her 80s and Franny is older, there's no way that could have worked out if she was 74 or 75 when she dies, if we're following the practical magic timeline, correct? And and Willy Wonka, it's all there. Black and white, crystal clear. Alice Hoffman pulled a Benjamin button on the whole thing. She just like reversed, 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 reversed their ages. So that's oh my, my thing. I was like, but am I understanding okay. that correctly? Yes. So if the math adds okay. up, when the girls came to Magnolia Street, Franny and Jet were only Jetty was only in her twenties, supposedly. Holy that shit, Christina, you found a plot hole and a half. Um, <laughs> wait. So, so now said, this unlocked a little thing in your brain. What did you just say? Just before I just said that, you said Franny was twenty something when she went to Magnolia Street for the first time. No, 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 no. So when Sally and Jillian went to Magnolia Street for the first time, Franny would have only been 30 or 31. If like, that's the math, if like her birth year and like how old Sally was supposed to be, if Sally's only 12 and then she's 45, I'm just, I was mathing it up so hard. 
that makes more sense what you said wow i messed it up real hard my my brain is no longer in my head it seeped out of my ear hole (laughs) that's crazy all right so that's what i have to say about this so she was very young when she died i guess Uh is what i'm getting at Uh and very very young when she became like a a a foster parent yeah yeah stand in parent so wow wow Okay. Wait a minute, but then like that. All right, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to kind of do my own math. Okay. I'm trying to think, like she couldn't have been. Wait, you said Franny was 31 or 21 when they first, when Sally and Jillian first came to Magnolia Street. You said 31. 30, yes. So okay. if she was born in 43 right. and they came in 86. She would only have been 30 Maybe or 31. Maybe that does make more sense. So I'm trying to think of like how old. How old was Regina when she died? And then how old was April when she had Regina? And how old was April when her and Vincent conceived? So I'm kind of trying to trace it back to Mm -hmm. like, you know. Yeah. I'm just going off of like, she says at the time, Sally would have been about 12. However, I think in the other books, it varies from like 10, 11, 12. Okay. So, but still that's young. Yeah. Whoa. The product doesn't work. The product doesn't work. Take it back. So Jetty probably could not have been 80 when she died. She was probably more like 70. Okay. Is what I'm getting at. Interesting. Interesante. Okay. Muy interesante. Do you want to tell us a little bit about rules of magic? All right. So now that my brain's broken. (laughs) uh, You're welcome. (laughs) In Rules of Magic, uh, the eldest was Francis, with skin as pale as milk and blood-red hair, who early on had the ability to commune with birds, which flocked to her window as if called when she was still in her crib. And that's on page four. Um, Francis, and on page five, it says, Francis was sulky and suspicious, while Jet was kind-hearted and so sensitive that a negative remark could make her break out into hives. Jet was fashionable, following in her mother's stylish footsteps, but Frances was usually rumpled with her hair left uncombed. Um, so that's kind of the differences be- between the two sisters. On This is also on page five. It says, Vincent was spoiled rotten, treated by Jet as though he were a baby doll, and by Frances as if he were a science experiment. She if reminds pitched- me of, like, Wednesday Adams and Pugsley. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, yep. she's always doing shit to him to yeah. mess with him. Yeah. If you pinched him, Francis wondered, would he cry? If you offered him a box of cookies, would he make himself sick by eating every one? Yes, it turned out. And yes, again. (laughs) (laughs) When Vincent misbehaved, which was often, Francis made up stories filled with punishments for little boys who would not do as they were told. Not that her cautionary tale stopped him. All the same, she was his protector and remained so even when her even when he was far taller than she so it's yeah also like a a wednesday adams type thing you you started watching that right and i don't want to give any spoilers for anybody who hasn't watched it yet I, but if yeah, you I saw the it. beginning of that where she was like only i can like fuck with my brother right, right. but anybody else who tries it you're gonna get your ass eaten by a piranha <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> quite literally show yeah yep. Um, so page 343, it says, when the happy couple walked out of town hall, there were wild cheers. Franny hadn't even known there were so many people in their town. She hunched down, unused, oh, unused to all the attention. Is this when her and Halen got married? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because the town loved Halen, like, right? He was a well-respected, loved doctor, uh, made all the kids laugh, told them stories, and, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He so, was the Michael of her generation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess he kind of made her 
not that not that he made her a people person but like it kind of made her realize like how many people how many lives she's she's had actually touched mm-hmm. like people were there for both of them right mm-hmm. and then uh, a little further down when we talk about like um i have the whole section about familiars that's all that's all based on the rules of magic so we can okay, cool. talk more about rules of magic a little later Awesome. All right. So in Book of Magic, they're talking about Sally in this uh, on page 12. So it says, surely she had inherited Francis Owen's no-nonsense attitude. She was curt and didn't easily suffer fools. She sometimes heard Franny's voice inside her head, or worse, she heard herself speaking phrases Franny had long ago imparted to her, blunt advice that pulled no punches, courage or caution. Why on earth would anyone want to be normal? What fun would that be? On page 59, it says, Kylie was hunched over, a habit she had acquired so that she hadn't, so she didn't seem as tall as she was, nearly six feet. The same height as her imposing Aunt Frances, who, in her 80s, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> still frightened people in the neighborhood when she walked along the main, along main street. Franny, however, didn't seem the least bit fearsome now. She stood, holding a bunch of rain-drenched daffodils. They were Jet's favorite flower, and for years, children in town had called Jet the Daffodil Lady, for she grew hundreds in the Owens Garden and always brought a bouquet tied with blue ribbon when she visited Levi Willard, Levi Willard's grave, which is where said never to cry, but Franny's face was puffy, and she wore sunglasses in the rain. She could not imagine the world without her sister, who had been wounded terribly in her youth and had still managed to love more, not less. I love that. Mm-hmm. This, um, those were the mentions in the books, but I found a theory, um, that popped up a second time. So we kind of referenced a podcast that was given to us as a suggestion to listen to called The Villain Was Right. And it came up with a theory in The Villain Was Right. And then this article popped up and I was like, all right, we have to include it. Okay. So this brings, um, to the surface, the article, by the way, was written by a woman named Jessica Mason. Um, and they lean into the idea that Franny and Jet, this is from the movie only, um, okay. weren't sisters at all, but partners, lovers, wives. Oh. Um, so so I'm going to just read the portion of Jessica's like rationale really, really quick before our break to just put that out there. And then we want your opinion about what you think. She says, Owen's women come in pairs. And it seems Francis, Francis's sibling is already dead when the film begins. Really, look close at the film. Aside from Maria Owens, whose sibling we don't see, it looks like the subsequent Owens generations were made up of a dark-haired sister and a red-haired sister. We have Sally and Jillian and Jillian's daughters. Sally and Jillian's mom is shown to be a redhead. And Francis has the dark hair. Okay, again, this is the movie with no other context of family members. That leaves Jet the odd one out. Why was there an extra sibling in the generation? in that generation because she wasn't a sibling she was a life partner i think she and jet met after francis's husband or boyfriend ethan died from the curse francis owens is a strong beautiful bi woman and i would not hear anything else about it now i know you'll say something about how there's no confirmation that francis and jet are a couple but very often throughout history women in queer relationships masquerade as sisters or aunts uh, or some sort of spinsters, quote unquote, who just happen to live together. Francis and Jed are in their own way very queer and very out as different. Okay. There's always been something queer about magical women and witches in cinema. 
Um, like other queer people, they can be marginalized and even persecuted by society because they are different. No wonder that hearing Francis say that being normal is not necessarily a virtue, it rather denotes a lack of courage, is so important. That's a very queer and proud message. And it's because they are happily queer and happily witches that the aunts are the most well-adjusted people in the entire movie. <laughs> very interesting. It's very interesting for sure. So um, what do you guys think about that theory? And have you read this article or heard that theory elsewhere? Because I've only heard it in those two places. I haven't read this article, but from listening to that episode of The Villain Was Right, don't they mention that maybe they tried to do this as a way to outsmart the curse? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, but as we've seen in the books... That's not a way to outsmart the curse. That's not how that works. The product it doesn't comes work. For anybody, and not just a man, anybody who dare fall in love yes. with an Owens woman or man, right? Vincent and his lover, they were older when he passed away. He passed away of a heart attack, right? Correct. So was it was it just old age or was it the curse? Right. And that's what we discussed before. Loss happens, right? <laughs> exactly. Loss happens. Exactly. Man. So I guess, I don't know, man. I don't know if it, if it matters who the fuck you are, what your sexual preference is. It doesn't right. matter. That, that, that death watch beetle, Cleopatra is coming at you. <laughs> fuck me. I'm never going to so, live that down. So we just sorted it all out. It doesn't awesome. fucking matter who you are. Yeah. Because Alice kind of just expanded the story and threw an extra sibling in there. Who says like, it's always the Owens always come in too. You know what I mean? think that alice threw in vincent as a like a wild card to kind of just like confirm the whole theory about i guess a queer relationship and the curse to kind of confirm that it doesn't matter like yeah what your sexual preference is like it's still gonna get you no matter what i think vincent I was I, I think vincent was put into the story to kind of confirm that theory or I'm, kind of de- to, to to debunk that theory, rather. Because a lot of people's theory when they watch the movie, they're like, oh, well, what if, what if, you know, what if it's a lesbian relationship? Which which she debunks again in Book of Magic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't gotten that far to know what happens to Ariel yet. The lawyer or whatever that, <laughs> that, <laughs> like that Antonia is involved with. I haven't gotten that far. I haven't seen what happens with that yet. Okay. But um, as far as, I just think it's interesting how she keeps introducing these that homosexual concept. characters yeah. and that whole concept and how people are using that whole theory as a way to dismiss the curse. But I'm right. like, Dude, it doesn't fucking matter. It's coming. It's coming to get ya. <laughs> so the the beetle doesn't doesn't care about pronouns he doesn't care about orientation they don't care about nothing if it's your time it's your time is the least bigoted it's is the least bigoted racist person concept you can think of he doesn't give a fuck who you are He's, he still wants to be your friend <laughs> and we expand so listen here's my idea when we do the death watch beetle version two yeah. Can we expand that into like death and the Grim Reaper itself? Because the Grim Reaper as like Ooh. a mythos is fascinating to me because, Ooh. okay, this is a whole nother topic, but I'm, bef- I'm fascinated now. Okay. Just now. Cause loss happens. We'll just, that'll be the title. Loss happens. Tickled my, uh, my brain bone. Oh, shit. I've been drinking some wine. So <gasps> you opened the wine. 
No, I didn't open it. It's just the la- the rest of that <laughs> bottle. Open. Be careful with that. <laughs> so we're going to let you take a little break. And when we come back, we will share with you an interview with Stalker Channing uh, that she gave about her time working with uh, the cast on Practical Magic and her time there. And we are also going to do a card poll from, Justina's like showing it off to me and through the Zoom, <laughs> the Inner Witch Oracle deck. Is this the glossy, the the, the oil slick or is this the gold uh, by Grounded uh, by the Moon? This is the oil slick. Fuck yes. The holographic edges. Awesome. All right, stick around. We'll be right back. Ka-ching. You're listening to Magnolia Street Podcast. Welcome back to Earth. I don't know. I'm not making any sense. I'm delirious at this point. I'm just going to keep drinking my wine. <laughs> All right. All right, man. I poured my LaCroix into my into my wine to it? force myself stuffy. to hydrate. Yeah, it's good. You're like, does it cancel it? Does it cancel each other out or does it like... No, it's pretty good. No, I mean like the wine makes you drunk and less hydrated, but the water makes you less drunk and more hydrated. So it's like... But I started off with the wine, so I'm kind of trying to catch up. (laughs) All right. I'm like, it's a... uh, What's the word? Paradox. 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 That's the word. Okay. Yeah. So like, yeah. So like it cancels each other out because you're not supposed to do both at the same time. (laughs) Dude. So... My future brother-in-law, poor, poor man. He's so sweet. He, um, they're getting married in April. Um, they came to visit us. Uh, and he is he's very allergic to cats, which we have three. And bro is like a badass because he was pounding allergy medicine, but also taking caffeine pills to like kind of counteract it. <laughs> and I was like, are you all right? Was it working? It was working. He's like, I've got the right combination of allergy, allergy, like Benadryl, Benadryl, caffeine pills. I was like, good for you, bro. Are we ready to to shuffle? I'm ready. All right. Tell me when to stop. Okay. Wait, hold on. Let me get a good, let me get a good shuffle going. All right. Go ahead. Okay. Okay, Stop. Did you say stop? Sorry. Yep. Element of water. Oh, oh, that's a first elemental card we've gotten. Yeah, it is. We're talking about Franny. Yeah, I'm interested to see how this connects <laughs> at all. Because she's an airy sign according to her birthday, right? However, she she's is so Pisces disconnected cus- from her emotions that mm-hmm. she needs more water in her in her in day her to chart. day. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but it does say it did say that she's on the Aries Pisces cusp, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so yes, yeah, so the, the tagline or the keyword on this card is emotions, and it also says emotion, flow, and heart, Okay, which I thought was very interesting because, you know, she's got a very rough exterior, but at her core, like she's she has a softy. Like, she, she's got a lot of love to give and a lot of heart, and she only speaks from a place of love. Even if it's going to, you know, sting a little bit, she's very honest and she she's only wants your best interests at heart, which we talked about a little earlier. So it says, the element of water invites you to follow your emotions. Inspired from the Tara suit of cups, water delivers its message focusing on your emotions and the natural flow of the universe. With water comes healing and cleansing energy. However, this card can also represent the need to go with the flow and stop being a boulder in the river of your own life. Ooh. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, Let the water element flow through the channels of your emotions and embrace it. Open yourself up. Free up your emotions and follow your heart rather than your head. 
To better connect with water, utilize the power of a cleansing saltwater bath as well as the energy of this card. And the mantra is, I flow with the water. That's awesome. Yeah. She does need to flow. She needs to flow a little more for sure. She's Mm -hmm. very rigid. She's very closed off. She's so protective of her own emotions. And if we're talking about Franny and water and how afraid of water she is yes right yes oh shit damn she's afraid if that's not an analogy i don't know what what is like she not was only afraid the whole, to jump in after halen. Not, not only the whole witch thing and how witches like float and how she didn't want halen to see the real her i also think it's kind of an analogy like she also didn't want halen to have access to her emotionally for sure she was trying to keep him at a distance because she knows what the curse does to people that you love so that's the only way of her kind of like keeping this safe is just keeping him at bay keeping him away from accessing her true emotions deep down inside yeah not only just like physical water but like that that dam is gonna break their levees are gonna break yeah so metaphorically speaking as well i think it um it makes a lot of sense for her that's awesome all right, it's in the notes. So check out Grounded by the Moon, guys, if you want to check out this deck. It's a really cool deck. Thank you. I think his tarot deck is out by now, actually. <gasps> the full 78 card, because this is just the Oracle. So check it out. I think he's got some other goodies on his website now. Awesome. Yeah. All right, so what do we have coming up and next? We're going to talk about, okay, so is this the interview? This is the interview we got for you, and this is from vulture.com by jessica m goldstein and it is an interview uh with stockard where she answers every question we ever had about practical magic prac madge prac madge hashtag madge (laughs) (laughs) okay um so So i'm gonna be stockard yeah you be stockard this time I had to be Louis Lamour and talk like a transatlantic cowboy for an you hour. did great because <laughs> he just he just strung every thought together he ever had. I know. I'm like halfway through recording that episode, I was like, "Is this gonna sound like really fucking annoying and stupid? Am Girl, I gonna it have regrets?" Cracking me up. No. Okay. It's All right. Lit. I hope you guys thought it was entertaining because, like, before I started editing it, I thought for sure it was gonna be cringe. When were like, you laughing? Or were you cringing? A little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you just guys try... like these reenactments and accents and like how we like kind of put on, make a play out of all of these interviews, let us know how you feel about it. If you think it's cringe, we won't do it ever again. Okay. If you think it's cool, we'll keep, we'll keep throwing them your way. All right. I kind of just want to keep doing it regardless. <laughs> fuck what everybody else thinks. This is our podcast yes yeah all right okay okay yeah you beat the interviewer okay we'll just call me we'll just call me jessica or should i or should i interview you as (gasps) donna donna can interview me okay i gotta get warmed up okay for more than 200 years okay she's down she's real low she's real low all right drawn donna all right donna's here Donna Buffona. All right. So today we're interviewing Stocker Channon, where she answers every question you ever had about practical magic. So, Channing, <laughs> tell us. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. In your life. <laughs> Are you okay? No. So, Channing. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. What was going on in your life in Korea when this movie came about? It was a very good time in my life. I was in Los Angeles and actually Griffin, uh, Dunn, 
was an acquaintance of mine. And to be perfectly honest, I had, pl uh, I had a party with a lot of mutual friends and something about that movie came up. The next evening he rang and I said, I want to do it. And it happened. Had I you read the script or was it just this party conversation where you were like, sure, sounds great. <laughs> It was a lot of conversation. I had seen a script. I did happen extremely quickly for whatever reason. I think what I remember most about preparing was it was the look of these witches. And what weddings are that? Dude, I don't know who is speaking through me. It's not Stalker, so <laughs> I'm sorry. Not, it's not Stalker Channing. I can only speak for myself. Diane had her own situation. It's talking about Maybe Diane Weiss. Maybe it's Channing Tatum. Maybe it's the wrong Channing. Tatum. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember a lot of conversation about this character, how this character should look. Uh, the wonderful Judiana Makoski, who did the clothes. She had done six degrees of separation. She's miraculous. Uh, you're playing somebody who's 100 years old. I remember a makeup and hair test that didn't work out because it wasn't wearing, I wasn't wearing much makeup, but it was a strange thing. You don't want to, you don't want her to look old and haggard because, she, <laughs> because that's not who the character is. The makeup artist who'd worked with me and Diane before, we had a very candid conversation and we came up with the idea together, ballet makeup. This erroneous amount of black lipstick, this, that, and the other. I remember the wig was curly and long and everything. And and we just went way out on a limb with crazy fabrics and clothing. It was kind of marvelous because it lifted the character out of time. It makes sense. She wasn't young or old. She wasn't unattractive. She wasn't quite attractive at the time. But more, But the more eccentric it was, the more it worked. Were you consciously trying to reference any witches from pop culture? No, not at all. That was one of the interesting things about it. I think also because of my background in theater, I'd, I've done... I feel like Stalker Channing would say theater. Okay. I've done my... Okay. <laughs> I think also because with my background in theater, I've done my makeup over the years and I've done strange ones. So I was very aware of how artificial we looked but the dp andrew dunn was wonderful and everything was very soft and beautiful so i hope it isn't wrong to say this it didn't look as much like a drag queen as it did probably in life or maybe it did but he worked so well within the eccentricity of the looks so it became otherworldly did it remind you of anyone it felt very Stevie Nixy to me, that very female feminine thing, all those fabrics and flowing things. That was especially Judiana Makovsky. Lots of beads, jewelry, not as mobile as Stevie Nicks probably, but the same sense of timelessness. Do you remember having to calibrate <laughs> how witchy, quote unquote, to make things, seeing as the movie needed to stay grounded in reality? It wasn't a full on thriller. Are you dying? <laughs> Donna can get it. <laughs> I feel like Larry King. Yes, I'm getting the Larry King. I'm so, channeling Larry King right now. It was really about the relationships of all these women, the aunts, these nieces and all that. That was Griffin's focus. We weren't playing witches. It was more like we were playing the relationships. I love that. What was it like meeting the rest of the cast? 
Had you worked with any of them before? It was a very, very conjugal, con- congenial. <laughs> <laughs> they had a lot of sex. <laughs> it was a very, very congenial situation. Playful. Both Nick and Sandy were enormously warm. Sandy is very, very funny and smart. And Nick was just lovely it was a very very congenial time and and all that coveny thing of running around but it's hard work that scene where nick was on the floor and in the climactic sequence nicole kidman's character is possessed by the ghost of her ex-boyfriend whom she and her sister have murdered and then brought back to life with magic then killed again and all of the women on the island have gathered to perform an exorcism writhing around it went on for days and she was incredible about it where were you shooting were you in a real house it was out on friday harbor off seattle those were the exteriors it was this gorgeous house and the rest was pretty much a soundstage and then there were locations off the stuff diane and i weren't in i've read that for the midnight margarita scene you were actually drunk please tell me everything (laughs) about that I don't know how drunk we were, but we decided to spiff it up with a drink. I think one of the hardest things to do is a fun, raucous party scene. By take 28, it is very hard to keep that up. I think it worked. (laughs) I also read that it was Nicole Kimmon who provided the tequila, Sandra Bullock says, as much in the DVD commentary, according to IMDb.com. I don't remember. I don't think any of us had any objections. I'll put it that way. Was there anything in particular that was challenging to shoot? Once we had the look down in terms of my situation, I was very relieved and just could go with it. It was otherwise just the usual challenges of getting a scene right, choreographing it, and so on. Probably the one I mentioned earlier where Nicole is sort of taken over and possessed because there's a lot of people in the room and it had to go all the way around. She was incredible. She just went for it every time, even when she wasn't on camera. I also remember the green screen flying around wearing harnesses. It's very uncomfortable. Those people who do those movies all the time have my admiration. What do you remember about working with child actors? To me, it's one of the weirdest things about being an actor that your co-worker could be like an 11-year-old. Yes, the actress who just did Kajillionaire. Evan Rachel Wood, who plays Kylie, one of Sandra's character's daughters. She was just a little girl. She was lovely. They were really beautiful children in every way. They both turned out very well. I wasn't a child actor, and I wonder how it comes around to happen like that. Did anything about the movie feel special or different? to you while you were working on it. I will tell you one thing. When it came to releasing the film abroad, there was this clause in the contract saying that if an actor can speak in a certain language, you can dub the movie. So I immediately, being ridiculous, said I can speak French, mainly because I felt like going to Paris. One of the stupidest things I've done in my entire life. I was with this woman of a certain age who was very strict And the minute I opened my mouth, I knew I was in trouble because they do it in French script across the bottom of the screen and I had to narrate the beginning. I really did want to shoot myself. I felt so stupid. And also, she didn't speak a whole lot of English. So the two of us, plus the technicians, it was a couple of very long days and I learned my lesson. At the end, she said I basically had a Bulgarian accent. (laughs) 
somewhere in the world or not there is a copy of me dubbed in french in practical magic i'm sure the minute i left they hired someone else to do it right but i made a real horse's ass of myself i'll tell you i will tell you that dude what's the opposite of imposter syndrome oh i don't know because because, because that's what stucker channing has that's what we all have to come to the ball game with is her attitude that's balls right there to not even speak french and be like (laughs) i just want to go to paris so yeah i speak french what (laughs) and then get there for the job and like not know what the fuck to do Mm -hmm. that's balls Mm -hmm. but that is did you have a sense of the movie's reception when it came out do you read the reviews as a general rule no i don't i try to avoid watching myself as well which is a little tricky because I had to do the narration. I think it was difficult to mock it, honestly, because it's not a totally spooky horror magic film. It has this domestic violence and abuse plot in the middle, and then it's also this sister-family bonding story and a love story, and the tone is a little all over the place, don't you think? It's very unusual. My recollection, which may or may not be accurate, is that it had a greater life after it opened. I couldn't tell you if it made money. I wouldn't be aware of that at all. But I'm aware that over the years, a lot of people like myself have been crazy about it. So it lives on, which is interesting. And I don't know why that would be. It certainly is a very unusual film. I think maybe... They use the word chick flick, which would hopefully be politically be incorrect these days. But whatever it was, what do you think? I think it was rare then and it's still rare now for a movie to have as its central relationships the connections between women, between sisters, aunts and nieces and for their entanglements with men to be happening on the side. (laughs) The men in this movie are more like plot devices. Everything really hinges on the way these women relate to one another, which is true in life all the time, but isn't depicted in all that often on screen. Wait a minute. Shut the fuck. Shut the front door. Shut the front door. Hold on. Hold on. All right. Wait, I'm going to share my screen right now. Ready? Already? Can you see this right now? Can you see this right now? Yeah. Okay. Look. More from this series, Billy Zane answers every question that we have about the Titanic. Bonus what? episode. Is somebody punking us right now? <laughs> All right. God. We just opened up this article from Vulture.com. So um, for this article with Soccer Channing, at the bottom, it says more from this series. And the first thing in line is Billy Zane answers every question we have about Titanic. <laughs> and then right below that, is Francis Fisher answers every question we have about Titanic. That's what? fucking crazy. Dude, somebody's punking us over and over and over again. <laughs> Can you fucking believe that? I need to take a drink. <laughs> yeah, I'll get a drink to that. What are the chances? Okay. But are you not having a heart attack that Billy Zane popped up in this article? I'm just not going to question the universe anymore because it just gets weirder when I do. <laughs> All right, go on. All right, where's my internet? All right. You read the question. So it says, yeah, Um, that hasn't changed very much either. I would totally agree with you. And God love the VHS and all the technology. People stayed home and watched it. If you looked at the movie Grease, if it wasn't for technology of VHS and DVDs, that's responsible for a lot of the success. And I think the fact that people can pick and choose what they want to see and it's in the privacy of their own homes or friends' homes, that's the phenomenon that came on only when this duplication was possible. Otherwise, you'd have to go to the movies. And people can access it now even more so to the point that they'd see it and re-see it. 
That's what I've heard when people have mentioned it to me over the years. I think it's uniqueness, probably, and that's very beautiful to look at. It's well made and the performances are wonderful. No slouches here. When was the last time you saw the movie? Maybe at the premiere. I don't see anything I'm in. I try to avoid myself. Probably it would come up. People stop you in the street and say they love that movie. But to be honest, because it wasn't as high profile in its initial release as many other things I've done, I was struck over the years by how many people would mention it to me. Of all your work, is this something you hear about a lot? It's up there being mentioned, mainly by women, definitely. Do you believe in any of the magic in the movie? Like, do I believe in real magic and witches? Well, even just normal life magic. Jinxes, coincidences, destiny, Billy Zane. (laughs) (laughs) I think Stockard would stand Billy Zane, for sure. (laughs) I do think that coincidences are fascinating and that is the magic of life. Otherwise, we could all plot and plan and there wouldn't be any surprises. I think de facto we have to believe in it. That's the stuff we can't control even if we would like to. That's what makes things magical. Whether you like it or not, it's there. And parking lot violinists. Oh my gosh. Donna, get out of here, you minx. Thank you, Stockard, so much for sitting down to this interview. This is CNN Live. (laughs) This is WMSR. This is WMSR, where the music never stops and the wine flows like water. (laughs) Count it. And And scene. And scene. (laughs) You guys, we're sorry for making you sit through that. Whoa. But Billy fucking Billy Zane. Zane. He wow. pops up again on uninvited. Like, what the fuck, Billy? He is the uh the guest <laughs> I would most like to see uninvited to any he's party. Always he's always the guest of honor. Can you screenshot time. that real quick? Um yeah, I got it. I got it. Oh good. Good. We'll include We can't All make right. this shit up. You can't. What the hell? <laughs> I didn't notice that at the last time I was there. That's hysterical. Oh man, what a doozy. Ugh. All right. Donna oh. is the person I want to hang out with right now. <laughs> All right. So talking about astrology, first things first, we know as we we stated earlier in this episode franny was born on march 21st 1943 uh franny's birth time was never given uh but at that time virgo would have been moving into libra but if we had to guess we think alice would have perhaps made her birth time 3 a.m because why not what was your reasoning because you wrote this little section but what was your reasoning behind 3 a.m why do you think alice would have made her time 3 a.m so this is so franny's whole thing is in rules of magic but when we get into like book of magic alice hoffman is pulling every like occult thing she can so 3 a.m being the witching hour on like the spring equinox i think she would have made it like 3 33 a.m or something like that shit okay all right all right cool um and the 21st is actually in the range of making franny a cusp baby so if you are born between march 17th to march 23rd then you are born on the pisces aries cusp so we got a little water got a little fire in this case of march 21st it would make um franny an aries sun a virgo moon and a capricorn ascending did you put her birthday like um 
in new york i did for for uh east coast all right yes ma'am yeah so then then that would be virgo moon capricorn ascending uh people with an aries sun and virgo moon are known for their strong independent spirit and their attention to detail they are driven ambitious individuals who are always looking for new challenges and ways to improve themselves and at the same time their virgo moon gives them a practical analytical approach to problem solving and a desire for order and organization and these individuals are often very hardworking and dedicated, and they are not afraid to roll up their sleeves and get things done. They may also have a strong sense of responsibility and a desire to help others. And overall, people with this astrological combination are known for their determination, ambition, and practicality. And Could you, you hear said that noise here? really quick. Could you what? hear that banging noise at all? No. What was that? You can't hear that? No. Okay, my husband's using the slap chop in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> it's really loud i don't hear it okay good so, i don't think this mic goes very far i think okay, it's good. just like it has to be right up in the and in, um, in the hear it that's funny um, but so, you have a yeah. little little tidbit here in green so why don't you read what you, what your thoughts were on this yeah so this i thought really um encapsulated franny so that's why we stuck with keeping franny as as an aries you know that three three a.m time mm -hmm. slot um because i think it's kind of spot on but later down the line we do hope to team up with another podcast to gemini's and a leo over there it's Teresa, tabitha and rachel um and they are awesome uh astrological fiends and we hope to do a an astrology episode with them in regard to the main characters that would signs. be a lot of fun it that will be a lot, be a lot of, of because like to be honest like we know our strengths and we yeah. know a little bit but we don't know enough to do a whole episode on all the characters. So I think it'd be I, really cool to get their perspective. I would not consider myself an expert on astrology at all. I'm very interested okay. in it. Um, I like to read a lot about it. I only really know as far as like my signs and my general, my friend's signs and like how mm -hmm. we kind of flow together. Mm -hmm. um, but anything beyond that, I'm like, how the fuck do you read a natal chart? Like I know the gist of it, but it's so in depth. Like yes. the degrees and the math and like, my mind just explodes. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, that would be a lot of fun to get some professional insight to all of this and not yeah. just like kind of flying by the seat of our pants like we've been doing. <laughs> We're like, they could be this. Definitely. Yeah. Sally's definitely a Virgo. Oh, 100%. 100%. But we'll get their input about it. Okay. So here's why I think if Alice Hoffman never supplied us with an actual birth date for Franny and we go completely on speculation, I would have definitely have pinned Franny as more of an air sign because of her deep connection with birds. And it's always like reiterated the birds, this birds that in rules of magic, there's birds in like every fucking like line of this friggin' book. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of references to birds, which is why I'm like, why would Alice Hoffman make her an Aries? <laughs> that makes okay. no sense to me. Yeah. I'm like, I want her to, like, maybe she should have been an Aquarius, at least. It's, like, right in that realm of that, you know, that time, like, winter time. Yeah, right before that. Yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't make sense to me why she's an Because she's got the fiery red hair, you know? Yeah, I guess so. But I'm just like, what about the birds? The birds? It's got to mean something. <laughs> um, so also to elaborate a bit more on Franny's specific birthday, given in the book A Rules of Magic, Alice tells us this was a day, March 21st, okay? This was a day that had always proved inauspicious. It was considered the unluckiest day of the year, but it was also the day to celebrate Ostara, the spring equinox, when eggshells must be scattered in a garden for new growth and transformation if possible, even for those who consider themselves to be unfortunate. 
Um, so that was the end of the quote, but it was also noted in the same passage that it was also the same date that Halen and Emily Flood's engagement announcement was published mm. in the Times, and Vincent tries to hide it, and Franny sees it when she's taking out the garbage. So she Damn. saw that on her birthday. Yeah, so how fucked up is that? And oh, that was me. on pages 230 to 231. Oh, so um, sad. Yeah, and then I thought this was like a good little segue into Sanny's, uh, into Franny's connection with Sanny's, into Franny's <laughs> connection with the birds and the whole mm-hmm. familiar aspect of it. And this- Lay it on this, me. Yeah, you know, this whole chunk was taken from Rules of Magic because I feel like the bird uh, motif was Moffat. Mo- what do we call it? Moffat. <laughs> the Moffat. The bird Moffat is really strong in Rules of Magic. So um, the first quote is on page three. um, And I think we already said this one earlier on a couple times, actually. Um, Eldest was Francis with skin as pale as milk, blood, red hair, who early on had the ability to commune commune with birds, which flocked to her window as if called uh, when she was still in her crib. Um, Then on page four, it elaborated a little more. It says her gift with wild birds allowed her to bring them to her merely by lifting her hand from a distance when uh, she ran so fast she was nearly flying. It seemed as if she spoke their language and was meant for their world more than her own. Page 11, it says it wasn't that birds were drawn to her or that she discovered that she could melt icicles with the touch of her hand. She was calm and unafraid when birds flapped about and her body temperature was above average. Therefore, it was logical for ice to melt. One night while she was standing on the fire escape, oh, here it is. One night while she was standing on the fire escape outside her bedroom, she thought so hard about flying for that moment that her feet had lifted and she'd hung in the air. And that, she knew, was empty empirically impossible Mm -hmm. so she's already like identifying with the personality traits of a bird because she herself kind of was able to levitate Mm -hmm. and get that kind of flight page 23 it says the bird came to franny of its own accord as if the birds in central park always did flitting over to perch on her shoulder feathers fluffed out um, and Isabel notes how this was a first. No bird had ever done that before. And I think this was in reference to the sparrow that enters the house every solstice. And this was the mo- <laughs> this was the moment that the siblings visited Isabel on Magnolia Street for the first time. And we see Sally kind of have the same kind of experience when they first come to Magnolia Street, too, when they were kids, right, in the book? indeed yeah page 56 just before franny is summoned to the garden to help on isabel make the black soap for the first time quote isabel had interrupted a curious dream franny had been having about a black bird eating from the palm of her hand as she sat on a bench in central park it seems like she references central park and birds a lot um the crow had told her his name but now that she was awake she'd forgotten what it was she'd read that maria owens was thought to have the ability to turn herself into a crow in order to accomplish her witchery so she knows that her ancestor has this connection with birds and she also Mm -hmm. has this connection with birds so i think it's like a really like cool way for her to identify and um kind of have that connection with her past i'm excited to talk about maria Uh, yeah and and her like that lore behind because what we mm, safe word i know safe word safe word next another episode and also i think birds need their own episode as well because there's so much about birds throughout this whole entire series so page 69 franny was still having the same dream about a black bird that spoke to her so in this part she was wondering what the dream might mean was it flight she wanted or freedom or simply someone who spoke her language and could therefore understand her confusing emotions page 73 
birds stirred in the thickets, all of them drawn to her as she walked by. And this entire page, page 73, it's beautifully written. Um, it's an elaborate description of all the types of birds that Franny has acknowledged and experienced with or had experienced throughout her life mm-hmm. up until that point. Um, so if you want like a beautiful, a beautifully written painted picture about birds, <laughs> head on to page 73. Okay. Cool. It's it's a really pretty uh passage. Page 76, Franny wanted what she most often experienced in her dreams to be among the birds. She prefer- she preferred them to most human beings, their grace, their distance from the earth, their great beauty. Perhaps that was why she um they always came to her. In some way she spoke their language. It's in this same passage that uh, when Franny and Jet are um making their wishes at the alchemy tree on Samhain night. Jet tells Franny to look up, and there on a low branch of the tree sat a huge crow. Jet asks Franny if that's what she wished for, and she says more or less. And then the bird swoops down off the branch, rests on Franny's arm. Franny's caught off guard by the weight of the bird and the way that it looked at her as if they had known each other. And she swears she could hear a voice echo from within its beating breast. And um, the voice says, I will never leave unless you send me away. So I'm wondering if this is like the spirit of the, the bird that Maria owned and met its untimely fate when the hunters yes god dang that story is so so sad i'm I'm wondering if this bird is like a familiar guardian it's it might be maria's old or the spear of maria's bird coming back to guide this new generation through life yes and since franny has that connection with birds and so did maria there might be like a, a like a symbiotic relationship between the two of them that's bound through the threads of time. Do you remember in issue 40 of Fairy Magazine? I'm remembering the the drawing uh looking down at the Franny and Jet and uh-huh. the bird above them. Do you remember that? There was an article or a poem or something. So I'm trying to open that up really quick to see if that I has think any I have place it on my in shelf. here. Do you want me to try to find it? Yes. Do you think this this scene is is them on Samhain night under the alchemy tree? Is this the I alchemy think so. tree? I think so. Oh shit. Okay. So, yeah, if you guys check out the Fairy Magazine issue, if you have the hard copy, it's issue number 40 from autumn 2017. Um, On page, I think it's 78 and 79, because on page 80, um, it's an excerpt from the Rules of Magic, where they're, I think they're uh, making the wishes at the alchemy tree on Samhain night. And there is an illustration by Charles Vess in this book, and it depicts them under the alchemy tree, and there's a, a brunette and a redhead. Uh, kind of welcoming a crow and the redhead is obviously franny kind of welcoming in this crow who's kind of swooping down and flying to her Mm -hmm. um and on this page it says the most glorious hour in manhattan was when twilight fell in sheets across the great lawns bands of blue turned darker by the moments as the last of the pale light filtered through the boughs of cherry trees and black locusts. In October, the meadows turned gold. The vines were twists of yellows and red. Uh, but the park was more and more crime-ridden. The Owens siblings had ridden their bikes on the paths without adult supervision when they were five and six and seven. Now children were f- were forbidden to go past the gates after nightfall. There were muggings and assaults, desperate men who had nowhere else to go sleep on the green benches and under the yews. This, mm. I don't know if you want to include that passage. That passage doesn't really paint a picture of what's actually happening in the scene. It's kind of just right, right, right. That picture, though, arc. that that sketch drawing illustration is so cool. It really yeah, is. If you do have the hard copy, but you can also go on enchantedliving.com, I think it is, and go into like their digital downloads, and it's free. 
as a PDF and it's on page 40 of the PDF. It's so pretty. The whole excerpts in like that they included with that picture is basically the scene where um they they make the wish at the alchemy tree and Franny wishes for the bird. Okay. But I I never I never realized that the um about that piece of art in that issue. That just stuck out to me cuz I loved like yeah. the perspective of it. Yeah, it's been a while since I flipped through this as of, like a whole. No, but- I was, yeah, no, I was saying thanks for sharing that with me cuz I didn't oh, know sure. I, didn't, I didn't realize that otherwise. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So then the last the last thing that um there was a lot in rules of magic about birds i didn't pull mm-hmm. out a single reference but the last one that i pulled out was on page 94 when hay asks franny if the bird hasn't had a name and she says lewis she names him on the spot and then halen quotes lewis carroll's unanswerable riddle from wonderland why is the raving like a writing desk and um we know at some point in rules of magic halen takes the bird right halen think, takes yeah. lewis and lewis, lewis chooses him, him i think right does he at some point i forget we're gonna have a book club where we're gonna reread everything (laughs) yeah exactly Mm -hmm. um but there's so much about about birds and um there was also a bird that they had in their enchantment shop or their shop in new york was it like a pelican or a herring yeah Harry yeah. Aaron. What the fuck was its name? I feel like I saw it before. Edgar. For Edgar. Edgar. Yeah, yes. it was named after Edgar. For Edgar Allan Poe's ghost was said to roam their neighborhood. And for a time from 1844 to 1845, he had lived at 85 West 3rd Street writing The Raven. Ooh. So that's why they named the store bird, the stuffed bird, Edgar. Edgar. Adorable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We just got a message from our very first patron, Paige B., Oh yeah, what she said. You want it? She says, "Ha ha ha! I'm cracking up. I fi- I'm finally catching up on the episodes, and I'm on the house one. If you glitter bomb me, I will glitter bomb you back, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the shout out. Love y'all. Oh, that's amazing. That dude, we could have glitter bombed her like twenty times over before she. Got to- <laughs> <laughs> page B, you're in her hearts. Thank what you. What up, Page B? Page B. I just oh. I just put my phone down like I was done with the show. <laughs> bitch we are done with that whole other out <laughs> so like the sally episode uh i find myers briggs and enneagrams which i know nothing about until doing this shit on here yeah i think they're awesome they're so fascinating um so yeah. we're gonna do a little myers briggs for franny okay and as a refresher the myers briggs test type indicator it's called the mbti myers briggs type indicator is an introspective self-report questionnaire indicating differing psychological preferences and how people perceive the world and make decisions. The test attempts to assign a value to each of four categories, introversion or extroversion, sensing or intuition, thinking or feeling, and judging or perceiving. One letter from each category is taken to produce a four-letter test result, such as INTJ or ESFP, bunch of different letters so Mm -hmm. we did ours back for the sally episode and justina and i got the same thing we are both infj dash t's and that Mm -hmm. is it's a the title for it is a turbulent advocate okay and we are introverted intuitive feeling judging and turbulent and we approach life with thoughtfulness and imagination guided by our principal versions of humanism didn't I get something like 90-something percent introverted? You, it's very... amazing to me as a performer yeah. that you're so with introverted. I am. Yes, 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 yes. 
So the site personality database listed Franny as an ESTP. This is relating to the Myers-Briggs and a 7W6 Enneagram. So what does that mean? Uh, We're going to break it down and then take the Myers-Briggs test on behalf of Franny on the site we used for Sally. And that's called the 16personalities.com site. And Sally's character analysis was episode five. So Franny as an ESTP personality is labeled as the entrepreneur. Uh, And this is someone with um, an extroverted, observant, thinking, and prospecting personality trait. They tend to be energetic and action-oriented, deftly navigating uh, whatever is in front of them. They love uncovering life's opportunities, whether socializing with others or in more personal pursuits. I'm still not like completely sure what an Enneagram is. I still haven't done mine because everything's like a paying, you got to pay to do it on every, it's like $30. So expensive. Why is it so expensive? Somebody gift us an Enneagram so we can figure it out and compare ourselves to these characters. You you pay less money for like a $7 bunch of AI portraits of yourself on that one app, whatever the fuck that was. I did not pay. No way, but I will pay more for gas. Where'd you get yours done? How'd you find a free uh, one? Uh, the My Heritage AI or whatever will do a free one for you. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of AI, uh, Christina just found us a pretty cool, like an art generator. How did you do that with uh, the portraits of all the characters from Practical Magic? That is an app called Photolab. And they're, they're going to try to get you to sign up for the full okay. version. Just hit the little X. Okay. Use the free shit, but yeah, it does like a really beautiful, like painted portrait. Can you choose the style of painting? There's so many options, so many free options, and and here's the thing: it lets you change the photo, right? Um, just screenshot it, screenshot your screen, um, and don't click download. If you click download, you get a little watermark down in the the right hand corner. It doesn't even take up a lot, but if you screenshot it, life hack watermark, love it. All right. All right, y'all. Enneagrams. So they had Franny as an Enneagram 7W6. And the strengths are, so it says every personality archetype has strengths and blind spots. And these are often amplified in professional settings where we often encounter a diverse group of people with vastly different backgrounds and value systems. The strengths that are typically associated with Enneagram 7W6 personalities include being productive and cooperative. Mm, I don't know about this. Sensitive to the feelings of others. I don't know about this rating. Remaining <laughs> optimistic, even in stressful situations and thinking thoroughly and quickly. Those well, last two, yes. That's why we're going to do our own. Well, not Enneagram because we got to pay for those. But like as far as the personality test, that's why we're going to do our own because I'm sure what somebody else would have picked might not be what we would pick for Franny. Yes, yeah. I agree. So um, how I guess y'all sound off and let us know how you feel about those. But we are going to take the Myers-Briggs on behalf of Franny on that 16personalities.com. Okay. Yeah, here you go. We're so gonna you blitz through these because y'all go to the the Sally episode if you want more like context. Yeah, but there's a lot of questions, and you answer these questions. There's like a a, a spectrum of like mm-hmm. neutral, and then three options increasing in agreement, and three options increasing in disagreement. Yeah, so there's hard agree, hard disagree, 
and then like a gray area in between right okay the baby agree and the daddy agree yeah (laughs) i think that's what we said last time baby Mm -hmm. right middle Mm -hmm. agree baby agree and heart agree or just yeah i'm ready all right so for franny her first question is you regularly make new friends hard disagree i feel like that's the case with uh, for most of the owenses right i think jilly is easily making friends and jet too i think jet is a little easier to make friends with yeah um so you spend a lot of your time a lot of your free time exploring various random topics that pique your interest i agree yeah same seeing other people cry can easily make you feel like you want to cry too hard disagree just yeah hard disagree you often make a backup plan for a backup plan part of me feels like franny is like we'll figure it out but do you think she she says we'll figure it out um like when it actually happens she's not really planning for it right should we do like middle agree middle agree all right you usually stay calm even under a lot of pressure hard agree yeah at social events you rarely try to introduce yourself to new people and mostly talk to the ones you already know i'm gonna say like baby disagree how did she react remember when didn't she go to to um halen's engagement party she did how does she react at that one? I don't remember. Do you remember how she reacted? I don't think she had the chance to talk to anybody. She stood there with her fiery red hair and he saw her and then they bang it, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> elevator. In the elevator, right? Yeah. All right. So I'm going to say, yeah. Um. Okay, wait, hold on. At social events, you really try to introduce yourself to new people and mostly talk to ones you already know. So yeah, I would say agree. Maybe middle agree or hard agree middle agree middle agree part of me feels like she would walk up to some like she's the kind of person who approaches you Mm -hmm. and is a little too close and is like i'm francis owens (laughs) and it's like what are you doing like who are you yes yeah i i get that vibe from her um so the next question is you prefer to completely finish one project before starting another I don't know i feel like she's got her hands in a lot of different things at once right i would do like baby agree baby or agree. neutral okay. also baby agree yeah, next question you are very sentimental hard disagree yeah but in regard to like isabel isabel giving her the book you mm-hmm. know it's so maybe middle disagree if you can middle disagree all right yeah. all right so you like using organizing tools like schedules and lists disagree. i don't know man I don't know if she necessarily likes to adhere to anything like yeah. like physical. I think she's got everything all up here in her noggin. I think so too. So I'm going to say maybe middle disagree. Okay, I'm good with that. Even a small mistake can cause you to doubt your overall abilities and knowledge. I'm going to say disagree. Yeah, yeah she, she knows. knows her shit. Yep. Uh, you feel comfortable just walking up to someone you find interesting and striking up a conversation. I would say agree. agree. Yeah. You are not too interested in discussing various interpretations and analyses of creative works. Ooh, that's hard. Yeah, that is hard. That is uh, tricky because I feel like she would be a debater. Mm. She would dig her heels in. Mm-hmm. But um, she's also, I feel like she's more into like the sciences than as opposed to jet creative works more yeah jet's more into the literature i feel like i feel like jet is more likely to discuss interpretations and analyses of creative works okay okay so i don't know maybe maybe uh franny's more of a it says you are not too interested so maybe middle agree okay all right so uh you are more inclined to follow your head than your heart i would have to agree 
agree heart agree which is again air sign right air signs are more of the head over the heart so i don't, mm. I don't know i feel like and also, i am so right? impulsive it doesn't matter sometimes do you have some water in your chart though right don't you mm, not my top three kind of like ebbs and flows you you have no fire no fire no fire interesting well interesting in interesting well you did say that um the Gemini is the devil on the shoulder. Like, <laughs> just for you. Just for you. you know, you What's our next it. question? You know you want that tramp stamp. Just get it. <laughs> you know you've been eyeing up that fucking reindeer onesie at Kohl's <laughs> for the last six weeks. <laughs> and I never know. I never got it. <sighs> I would have bought it. Oh, my God. I'm so sad for you. Yeah, no. My Virgo was like, you don't need that. But it would have made you happy. Would have, but it's, <laughs> it's all good. I took myself on a little um cold shopping spree for my birthday, but I didn't buy that. I bought okay. other clothes to wear for the holidays. So so, okay. Um, next question is: You usually prefer just doing what you feel like at any given moment instead of planning a particular daily routine. I would yes. have to say agree. Yes, right? I feel like Franny just does what the fuck she wants. Yes. <laughs> um, you rarely worry about whether you make a good and. In- Pressure on people you meet agree agree why is franny so easy i don't feel like she cares about what people think of her at all no um you enjoy participating in group activities disagree disagree well they do go to the summer solstice celebration they do uh agree okay maybe agree okay um you like books and movies that make you come up with your own interpretation of the ending i'm gonna say disagree yeah disagree i think she's had so much like surprises in her life where she's like i don't like surprises i feel like she's like me what's coming well that doesn't make any sense why did they end it that way that's so ridiculous yeah your happiness comes more from helping other others accomplish things than your own accomplishments Ooh, that's hard uh can we do neutral (laughs) yeah i'm gonna say neutral uh, this question says you are interested in so many things that you find it difficult to choose what to try next. I, I think know. she has her hand, her irons in lots of fires. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess so. I think she's a woman about town. She wants to know how to do it all. True. 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 I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T. Do you know yeah, what man. I mean? Miss Independent. Got her own house. Miss Got her own car. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. I guess is baby agree? Does that sound good to you or do you think it's like more baby agree is good with me all right next question you are prone to worrying that things will take a turn for the worse absolutely agree (laughs) i feel like she's always this poor woman is always on the edge of her seat just like what the fuck is next what about my poor ethan (laughs) exactly she just expects the worst yeah um you avoid leadership roles in group settings i'm gonna say disagree i think she's all about the leadership role she is number one in that exorcism yep she's the aries she's taking that um it says you are definitely not an artistic type of person she is though because she's like spinning and at the loom and was that her or was that jet she's in the she's behind jet doing something or other back there okay i think she's a bit artistic is that artistic or is that creative, though? Oh, stop it. There is a difference. <sighs> you can be 
artistic or you could be creative but not necessarily be artistic okay 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 you could be crafty but that's not that's not always considered artistic right okay. artistic is more like you can draw you could paint um you're right crafty crafty uh, yes hmm. artistic i don't know maybe disagree i guess then all right baby disagree uh you think the world would be a better place if people relied more on rationality and less on their feelings yes Mm-hmm. Yep. What does she say to Sally? My darling girl. <laughs> that was a great stalker. Being normal is not necessarily a virtue. It I love how sounds like a courage. I love how Donna just called just called her Channing earlier. <laughs> so Channing. <laughs> hey, stalker. I want a Channing your Tatum. <laughs> Whoa. Oh my god. All right. Whoa. What? Okay, you prefer to do your chores before allowing yourself to relax. I'm gonna I don't say think disagree. so. Yeah. Right? Disagree? I feel like if she's like, oh, my feet are posh. Fish posh, exactly. We eat chocolate cake for breakfast and I'm fuck sweeping the floor. I'm going to lay down. <laughs> yes. My puppies It'll be are there. My puppies are swollen. All my right. pup my dogs are barking. My dog thinks I feel like she would say something like that, right? <laughs> You enjoy watching people argue. Oh, I could see her being like, I don't know. I could see her loving the goss. But wasn't there a scene where um, Jet was getting yelled at by her parents when she runs away to go hang out with Levi? Mm. And she comes back because she was missing for like a night, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't they, try to, don't they try to like cover for her? And like, what was her reaction to that whole argument? Uh, well... Jet comes out that she saw L Levi yeah. and gets slapped, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What and was then? What was her reaction to that? Okay. Yeah. So here it says, to everyone's shock, Susanna slapped Jet so hard that her head hit against the wall. Their mother Ooh. had never before raised a hand. And Franny cried, Mother. Wow. Seemed like she was a little off put by by this, right? Yes. But what if it was not her family? Do you think she would be like lean a little closer to listen in say it was like two people like bickering at the pub uh -huh. do you think she'd try to get like the info yeah i think you're probably right she probably she's probably gonna want to listen in on the gossip i would man that would help my business if i'm working <laughs> working the witch system over there in town i would want to know you're what's absolutely what. right all right we'll go middle middle agree okay yeah i don't think she necessarily enjoys watching people argue but if it's helpful for the business why the fuck not right why the fuck all right not? Okay. All right. So this is a, this next one's funny. You tend to avoid drawing attention to yourself. Hard disagree. Hey, right. They can't even walk through town without people like covering their kids' eyes and the horse gets in, getting all out of the horse. <laughs> Samson, calm down. Sam, what do they say to the horse? When Samson, just knock it off. Yeah. <laughs> um. Do you think that's Stockard's Kate, like accent or do you think she tried to put on a more old-timey accent because that I was fucking, perfect i fucking hope that's how she really talks and realize just knock it off um all right next question your mood can change very quickly i'm gonna say disagree i feel like she's i feel like franny's just like this you do i feel like, like her mood could on. change like that i feel like she could get so? so far well like when the midnight margaritas happened you're always on my mind and then she's like tell me this instant what is happening i don't yeah. know yeah yeah you're right i don't I know i guess i was just picturing her so stoic that like i feel like she's just like that all the time <laughs> what's going on inside this house or is that right. jet i don't know they both were kind of like quick to switch the dynamic over to what mm -hmm. the fuck is going on mm -hmm. 
Like they went, they went from drunk to sober in like ten seconds. I've never seen anybody get there. sober that fast. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So your mood can change very quickly. I'll do baby, baby? agree. Okay. Th- yeah. Baby agree. All right. You lose patience with people who are not as efficient with as you. I I think I'd have agree. to agree with that. Dude, I have that trait, and it's uh detriment i'm trying to work on it but i'm like mm, there's a better way to do it you're not yeah. a know-it-all bob it's just stop it get that from my dad <laughs> bad bitch bad bitch uh, <laughs> you often end up doing things at the last possible moment mm, i would put neutral i feel mm. like she could ebb and flow either way plan 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 or just like oh yeah we have that solstice to meet up let me put some clothes in a luggage and right get to town right do you think she's paying the bills the electricity bills do you think she's paying those at the last minute or do you think she has those on auto pay i think they're on auto pay okay because as we know the house is paid for they're just paying for the bills right that's why they do the backyard magic or the the backdoor magic and they have the like handymen come and like take care of the gutters make sure the garden's good to go i feel like they are on a payment plan Okay. All right. Um. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe other things last possible. Like we know they don't. They probably don't celebrate. Do they celebrate Christmas or do they just celebrate Yule? Do they celebrate the secular holidays? <laughs> are they buying Christmas gifts on time or are they waiting till the night before Christmas? Oh, I think they're making their gifts way yeah, ahead but, of time. But okay, you think it's way ahead of time? Yeah. All right. Why is this question so hard? I know. There's so many layers. <laughs> like an onion. All right, so neutral, because we just don't fucking know. (laughs) (laughs) When we don't fucking have any idea, it's neutral. Okay. Okay. So you have always been fascinated by the question of what, if anything, happens after death. I think from her scientific standpoint, she would be interested in it because she can't prove anything. And that Uh would be her, like, driving force to keep searching. Right. What do you think? I think... I think she, it says you have always been fascinated, but I don't know if she's always been fascinated. Okay. I think maybe she had to have a little more life experience under her belt before she became fascinated. Like, remember that scene where she thinks she sees Isabel in the hallway and then she realized Isabel had already passed on? Yeah. So at that point, she had, you know, that ghostly connection with her aunt, um, somebody who she was very close with. So I'm thinking stuff like occurrences like that that have happened maybe have proved to her that you know maybe not everything can of, be explained right and maybe some kind of life does happen beyond this physical plane of existence so you and i just have to do a bonus episode about like Ghosts. life beyond yeah clear clear people, <laughs> people. <laughs> um all right, should we pick should we pick agree for this one i think she's fascinated by things that happen after death even though she's and also because she's like experienced so much loss in this lifetime. Okay, do I it. I think she would want to believe that she's she'd be able to see all these people again, people that she's loved and lost, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, man, yeah. that that uh that Isabel experience always sticks out at me. It gave me chills when I read that. Right? I like how she threw that in there. It was un- mm-hmm. it was unexpected. Yeah, for sure. You usually prefer to be around others rather than on your own. Hmm. I think she wants to be on her own. Yeah, I think I agree with that. You become bored or lose interest when the discussion gets highly theoretical. Mm, you think she's I, a, I don't know. Well, she does I, like science, right? She does like science, but I think she's got better places to be. Kind of like Sally. She's just like, okay, like I'm kind of over it. I would do 
baby disagree. Okay. Yeah. I think it would have to be a topic that highly intrigues her yes. for her to be, be, you know, intrigued about it. Yes. Um, but yeah, if it's something that doesn't really interest her, I could see her writing it off as like, whatever, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, next question. You find it easy to empathize with a person whose experiences are very are very different from yours. I think I she'd know. have a harder time. Yeah, I would agree. So maybe middle disagree? Okay. Middle disagree, right? Um, I would think she has to be somewhat empathetic to be in her line of work that she's in because like look at all the people that are coming to them for help. Mm-hmm. But then again, also it is just a paycheck. So like mm-hmm. we've already talked about their moral compass. <laughs> like, do they really right. care about these people or are they trying to just pay their bills? Like, you know? I... Yeah. So so lesser on the side of empathy, we'll say. Okay. So next question. You usually postpone finalizing decisions for as long as possible. I'm going to say agree. You think so? Part of me feels like if something better comes along, she's all about it. So so you think that she postpones finalizing decisions in case something better comes along? Yes. All right. I'll go middle agree. Okay. You rarely second guess the choices that you've made. I'm going to go hard um, agree. Yeah. I feel like I think she knows she's, what she wants. She's an it, it is what it is kind of mm-hmm. lassie. Yeah. After a long and exhausting week, a lively social event is just what you need. Disagree. I think she wants time with her sister with a small glass of port. I think that sounds amazing. I know. So middle disagree. Why don't we live closer? I know. One day we will. Put it out to the universe. Okay. okay. So is that a middle disagree or hard disagree? I would do middle. I would do middle. I think if she had a witchy function, solstice equinox to get to at the end of the week, which in the movie, girls are not working that hard. Like their clients come to them. They don't have a commute or nothing. Right. So if they have a social gathering to get with their within their community, I think she's she's going. That's witch goals right there. Witch goals. Um, 60%. Next question. You enjoy going to art museums. I think she does. Yeah. I think she does. Should we go middle agree? Hard agree? I would do middle. I feel like Jetty would have dragged her so much that she just started to like it. All right. All right. Uh, you often have a hard time understanding other people's feelings. I would say agree. agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You like to have a to-do list for each day. <laughs> Disagree. Yeah. I don't think. Coraline, stop. Hey, what are you doing? Get out. If Franny was a cat, I think she'd be Coraline. Oh, beautiful baby. Like, hard exterior, kind of bitchy, but then, like, you know, when she comes down to it, she's, like, really just a smush. Come here. She's Ooh, a no, smush. My light. my light went off. Come on, smush. Get up here. Oh, I just realized I have two cats with me. <laughs> you see Punky there. <laughs> He's he just behaving. creeps up out of nowhere. Um, you avoid making phone calls. Agree. Yeah. You often spend a lot of time trying to understand views that are very different from your own. Disagree. I don't think she's spending that time. In your social circle, you are often the one who contacts your friends and initiates activities. I'm going to say agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's the initiator. Mm-hmm. If plans are interrupted, your top priority is to get back on track as soon as possible. I would think she's pretty um, proactive about that. All right. So you are still bothered by mistakes that you made a long time ago. I would say, uh, I would say agree. Yes, I would say she's, agree. She's still bringing up her poor Ethan. My poor Ethan. Yeah, and, but like even her and Halen, like her not diving in after him, you know? Right. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that um, they ended up not working out and then I forget how they came back together. Do you remember how they ended up coming back together? 
Yes. So they didn't work out because she went to visit him in the hospital. He was like a naval doctor or something. Right. And what's her name was there, his roommate, quote unquote roommate. And he's like, oh, she's my roommate, Emily Flood. Yeah. And then Franny's like, oh, no, you love another woman. Then she shows up. Franny shows up at their engagement party and causes a whole ruckus. And then they come back together because she need. Mm, I love Franny to death, but she uses Halen to no end. To get so, Vincent free. Yes. So she needs Halen to sign some papers to get That's Vincent. Right. A, she asks if Halen can sign paperwork saying that Vincent has asthma to get him out of the draft That's and right. then unfortunately like the interview goes wrong and halen or vincent is institutionalized right. so then she has halen go in as like the naval doctor because only met mil- military doctors okay. um, are the only ones able to see him so to go and switch places to help free him and he's like i will do anything for you and i'm like halen you dumb fuck yeah <laughs> like, he is pretty dumb Ugh. It's the Owens, it's the Owens, like, allure. Is it so a curse or a cure? She's still bothered, though, by that the fact that they never saw their love story through. Right. So I, I think, I think she, look at you. she, it does appear as if she's using him, but she does still love him, you know? I agree. All right, so I'm going to put agree that she's still bothered by mistakes that she made a long time ago. Next question is, you rarely contemplate the reasons for human human existence or the meaning of life. I would say agree. Uh, you, don't, you don't think she contemplates? Baby disagree from All a right. science perspective. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Baby disagree. That one's a loaded question. For Franny. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So your emotions control you more than you control them. No. No. She is right. the water card sign. Water element? The card we pulled before? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we pulled water, but she's she's a Aries, according to the book, the date, but she's mm-hmm. on the Pisces cusp. So she might have a little water in her chart, but mm-hmm. I'm definitely feeling like she airs more on the side of I feel like she's more head than heart. So that's why again, yeah. I think I think she's an air sign. Okay. Okay. Oh, before when you were like, you don't have any water, I do. I have a cancer uh, Mars, so mm, that's I right. don't oh. like oh, confrontation. Geez. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. Tell me about it. <laughs> you just like turn into a puddle. <laughs> so I you, like cry. I cry. Oh, oh man. Next question. Uh, next question. You take great care not to make people look bad, even when it is completely their fault. I don't think she cares. Yeah, I don't either. So disagree? Yeah. Your personal work style is closer to spontaneous bursts of energy than organized, consistent efforts. Oh, agree. Agree. And she's so, I think she's very spontaneous. Um, well, if she's, if we're going with her fire Aries, then yes. Mm-hmm. Um, when someone thinks highly of you, you wonder how long it will take them to feel disappointed in you. Oh, I think agree. What? I don't agree. I think she doesn't give a shit. Well, tell, think tell, about me, tell, me, scene, tell me, Think about the scene where she doesn't want to go in after or after Halen. She doesn't. She doesn't want him to see the real her because she doesn't want to disappoint him. Okay, I guess. Mm. What are you? How are you coming at this question? What do you read me the question again? It says, "When someone thinks highly of you, you wonder how long it will take them to feel disappointed in you." Oh, okay. Well, do you think do, you don't think Franny's afraid of disappointing the people that she cares about? Okay, I'm on. I'm I'm leaning toward agree now. Thinking of like 
her relationship with Isabel and her relationship with her parents mm -hmm. and her having to be the caretakers of her siblings. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm in agreement. Yes. All right. We'll do middle agree. You want to do middle? Sure. All right. Uh, you would love a job that requires you to work alone most of the time. Agree. Agree. But she's in the business of like public service. Like Sally. Like we discussed with her verbena. She's right. So it's on her terms. Okay. Her hours. If her light, her back porch light is on, she okay. open. If not, got it. Get the fuck away. Okay, you're right. Doesn't isn't isn't uh Franny the one that turns the porch light off after Jet passes away? She's like, or no, was it Sally? I think it's Sally. Okay, but I guess I I feel like they both. But in the last book, they also compare Sally to Fran to That's Franny true. and becoming yeah. hardened like her. So I feel like she would definitely do something like that. Yeah. You believe that pondering abstract philosophical questions is a waste of time. Uh, I could see her being philosophical with Jet, maybe. Mm. What do you think? Mm. Tell me your thoughts. Again, I'm hearing her go pish tosh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think she maybe I don't know. Um, part of me feels like she's in her head a lot and maybe thinking a lot, but maybe philosophically, I don't know, she might think that's all bullshit. Hogwash. Mm. It might be her word. Hogwash. Hogwash. I don't know. Maybe baby agree. Okay. I'm, I'm maybe, she, maybe she baby agrees that it's a waste, a baby waste. She of time. baby agrees. <laughs> she baby agrees that, it, yeah. Um, you feel more drawn to places with busy, buzzling atmospheres than quiet, intimate places. Ooh. Mm. Uh, I would disagree. Saying. Oh, no. I, I was going to say that New York in and of itself is a busy, bustling atmosphere. That's true. And, and the fact that they're from New York and that the fact that they choose to like start their business there, mm -hmm. they must not mind the busy bustle too much. Mm -mm. I would maybe do like baby agree. Baby agree. All right. I'll do baby agree. You know, at first glance, how someone is feeling. Agree. You think so? You don't think she can read people? Like, I get the bird, get the book. <laughs> I think she can read somebody, but do you think it's like she's hardened to empathy? So maybe even though she can read somebody, she might not necessarily know how to react to it or might not feed into it. It might not. Yeah, she might not nurture. She might not. Um, cater to somebody's need for Sensitive. exactly for empathy. i know where you're going yes yeah. i i agree with you so yeah so i think she might know even though she might know how somebody is feeling which we can put agree i'll put agree um but the, her reaction to how somebody is feeling might be different might say otherwise okay you often feel overwhelmed disagree you don't think she feels overwhelmed it seems we have not arrived in the nick of time she's so like nonchalant about like showing up to her great great niece <laughs> knocked the fuck out that's true but in the books like she's like the caretaker she's in charge of everything you don't think she feels overwhelmed by all that like she's paying the bills when her parents pass away like the house is falling apart she Jet's, never shows it though that's like, never... making friends with the rats in the closet like <laughs> the fuck? if she is there's no like verbalization about it she keeps it all really stuffed down all right deep. So should we go by how we perceive her or how we think she actually feels? Oh, that's hard. <laughs> Do you think she feels overwhelmed? I yes. think I yes. think she I would think feel she's overwhelmed. overwhelmed. Yeah. I think she exactly like I don't think she leads off to people that she feels that way, but I think that for sure like taking on that burden of the entire family, yes, has got to be overwhelming for a young girl. 
mm-hmm. at that age. Mm-hmm. Um, you complete uh, you complete things methodically without skipping over any steps. I would agree. Yeah. If you're going to do something, do it you right. might as well do it the right way. Yeah. Right. You are very intrigued by things labeled as controversial. Agreed. I would agree. I would mm-hmm. agree too. You would pass along a good opportunity if you thought someone else needed it more. Mm. I don't know. I would agree. I think she has everything kind of she needs and can get yeah. whatever she needs. So if she's like, they need it more than I do kind of person. Like your typical grandma. You know how I'm grandmas grandma. just give stuff away? Yes. <laughs> um, that's, you with that's how I ended up with an 11 pound ham for Christmas. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> My mother. That's right. Um, you struggle with deadlines. Disagree. Disagree. She's got it handled. You feel confident that things will work out for you. Agree. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I think we're going to take a break right about now, right? And when we come back, we will give you the results for Franny's personality test. And we also have like the uh, some fan creations we want to share with you. We found online for Franny Owens, as well as like the aunts in general. We will be right back. You're listening to the Magnolia Street Podcast. All right, man, we're back. We got those personality results for our favorite aunt, Franny Owens. This is a long episode. I know. So much. So much good stuff, though. I'm excited. What are? What is she? All right. Are you ready for this? Okay. Yes. Wait, wait, wait. Let me scroll back up. So the personality database listed her as an ESTP, and that is extroverted, observant, thinking, and prospecting. Okay. So what do we have? We have the debater, which is an ENTP-A, which is debaters are curious and flexible thinkers who cannot resist an intellectual challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, She's so the mind, she's 54% extroverted and 46% introverted. Um, it says extroverted individuals readily enjoy group activities and value social interaction. They tend to be outwardly enthusiastic and express their excitement, which we see in like the um the end scene of the movie, right? When mm-hmm. all the girls get together and she's kind of like stirring up that big pot and she's talking about clearing up their pores and she's yes, just- Yes, I see this. Yeah. I think she's having a good time in that setting yes um but it's not again it's something that she enjoys her her favorite pastimes that she's able to share with other people i think that's what really gets her excited okay she is her energy is intuitive she's 51 percent intuitive 49 percent observant intuitive individuals are very imaginative open-minded and curious and they value originality and focus on hidden hidden meanings and distant possibilities um her nature is thinking She's 78% thinking, 22% feeling. Thinking individuals focus on objectivity and rationality, often dismissing emotions in favor of logic. They tend to see effectiveness as more important than social harmony. I could see that. Okay, so I have a question really quick. So they had their, they had Franny listed ESTP and Mm -hmm. ours is ENTP. So is that sensing versus nature is as the s sensing and our n is nature i think there's so here hear me out so theirs is extroverted observant and thinking and i think ours comes through as extroverted nature 
extroverted nature thinking prospecting does that sound right um if i'm going by the the things that they that they have here the gauges of the percentages yes the higher percentage is extroverted yes intuitive thinking and prospecting and assertive yeah that's the okay. last one and assertive okay. the right. a is for assertive all right um tactics is the next one and it says um that she's she's 56 percent prospecting and 44 percent judging so she's more on the right side of the scale on that on that one okay um so prospecting she scored pretty high on that in prospecting individuals are very good at improvising and adapting to opportunities they tend to be flexible nonconformists who value novelty above stability okay so far i'm leaning i'm leaning towards our test for her the entp rather okay. than what was listed right okay her identity is 63 percent assertive and 37 percent turbulent assertive individuals are self-assured even-tempered and resist resistant to stress they refuse to worry too much and tend to be self-confident when striving to achieve goals so there's a little bit about the um debater which is franny's personality type entpa um it also says there's a difference between entpa versus entpt remember assertive versus turbulent turbulent yes right. yes so it's saying that the debater personality type, ENTPA, they're quick-witted and, and audacious. Debaters aren't afraid to disagree with the status quo. In fact, they're not afraid to disagree, disagree with pretty much anything or anyone. Few things light up people with this personality type more than a bit of verbal sparring. And if the conversation veers into controversial terrain, so much the better. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. It would be a mistake, though, to think of debaters as disagreeable or mean-spirited. Instead, people with this personality type are knowledgeable and curious with a playful sense of humor, and they can be incredibly entertaining. Oh, my God. I could see, I could see Franny just exactly like being the life yes. of the party. Yeah. Um, they simply have an offbeat contrarian idea of fun, one that involves a healthy dose of spirited debate. The debaters are the ultimate devil's advocates, thriving on the process of shredding arguments and beliefs and letting the ribbons drift <laughs> in the wind for all to see. <laughs> I love that. Uh, breaking the rules. Follow the path of the unsafe, independent thinker. Expose your ideas to the dangers of controversy. That's a quote by Thomas J. Watson. And it says debaters are known for their rebellious streak. Oh, that's so franny. Uh -huh. This personality type, which is what Susanna said in the beginning of the book, right? Exactly. Uh, for this personality type, no belief is too sacred to be questioned, no idea is too fundamental to be scrutinized, and no rule is too important to be broken. We eat <laughs> cake for breakfast. That's right. Um, or at least thoroughly tested. Sometimes debaters even rebel against their own beliefs by arguing the opposing viewpoint just to see how the world looks at it from the other side. Yeah. As debaters see it, most people are too ready to do as they're told and blindly conform to social norms, pressures, and standards. Debaters enjoy the mental exercise of questioning the prevailing mode of thought, and they take a certain pleasure in uncovering the value of underdogs and outliers. I they're, see that. Uh-huh, 100%. Their outliers? active minds... Outliers? Is that the word? Outliers. Um, their active minds can't help but rethink the things that everyone else takes for granted and push them in clever new directions. For many debaters, one of life's great challenges is to translate their wide-ranging intellectual energy into real-world achievements and contributions. While debater personality... Personal... 
Wow. Personalities love to brainstorm and think big. They tend to avoid getting caught in doing the grunt work of implementing their ideas. To some extent, this makes sense. Debaters have far too many thoughts and suggestions to keep track of them all, let alone turn them all into reality. But unless debaters develop the willingness to identify and actually follow through on their priorities, they may struggle to harness their full potential. The cost of contra contrarianism. Debaters' capacity for debate is legendary, but that doesn't mean that it's always helpful. When they openly question their boss in a meeting or pick apart everything their significant other <laughs> says, debaters may think that they're champions, that they're being champions of rationality and logic, but they may also be doing their chances of success and happiness more harm than good. Um, not every occasion calls for this personality type's default contrarianism, and most people can only stand to have their beliefs questioned and feelings brushed aside for so long. Mm-hmm. As a result, debaters may find their quarrelsome fun burns many bridges, often inadvertently. Inadvertently, Debaters are respected for their vision, confidence, knowledge, and keen sense of humor, but unless they cultivate a bit of sensitivity, they may struggle to maintain deeper relationships or even to achieve their professional goals. And we saw that with Halen, right? We saw yeah. she struggled to, to, I guess, see that relationship come to fruition the way that it maybe should have and not even just as or like because the curse was looming over them but just because that's how her personality kind of was she kind of just like kept him at bay as we talked about before um so it goes into like there's th we'll give you guys the whole rundown we can post this uh whole report in our show notes i think we're gonna post this on our patreon right isn't that what we did in the last it is. Episode. Yep, we'll post that there. All right, so we'll post the rest of this there because it's a long, drawn-out article. But some other debaters you may know are Weird Al, um, Adam Savage, Sarah Silverman, Mark Twain, Tom Hanks, Thomas Edison, and guess who? Celine Dion. I, I could have swore you were going to say Billy Zane. Not Billy Zane. Celine Dion. Celine Dion. Sasha Bar Baron Cohen. Captain Jack Sparrow, Tyrion Lannister, which is a Game I of Thrones character. I can see this. Okay. Irene Adler from Sherlock Holmes, The Joker, and Jim Halpert, and Dr. Emmett Brown from Back to the Future. I want to be, I want to be an ESTP or whatever, but golly, yeah. I can't. <clears throat> I'm try I tried. From what the Myers-Briggs has shown us, like, it's kind of easy because Alice has done such a great job of, like, cultivating these characters and just putting the staple in their i guess personas that people mm -hmm. have found it very easy to make fan created items for these characters okay so we have another <laughs> tea by page from over on a we are also not sponsored but we are tea lovers and also mentioned another one of pages teas on our death watch beetle episode number three mm -hmm. um you know we, you know what we forgot to do though we forgot to include sally's inspired tea on on her character analysis episode so real quick i'm gonna just throw out sally's inspired tea so sally's tea was blended with awesome melody tea Cylon Sonata tea, peppermint, and chamomile. And these teas also are, I guess, include Irish breakfast, chamomile, and peppermint. They're accented with raspberry leaves and rose hips. Um, you steep it for four minutes, and it's a moderately caffeinated tea. Whereas the Death Watch Beetle tea was highly caffeinated, as is Franny's. So here's Franny's ingredients for her, her inspired tea by Paige. So this is a blended. Uh, black tea with natural chocolate flavors, cocoa nips, dark chocolate chips, and natural cream flavors. Creme flavors. Creme. Creme. 
Uh, some other teas included are chocolate cream and chocolate chip accented with chocolate chips, cocoa nibs. Um, this is a highly caffeinated mixture. So you're going to steep this guy for three minutes, but you can find those and so many more. I'm sure we're going to keep referencing this Adagio tea or excuse me, adagio.com. So go check those out. And if you want to check out another creator over on Etsy, they go by the name of Mid Slumber Products. Ooh. And these are the aunts, quote unquote, the aunts inspired candles. So they say, inspired by the beloved movie Practical Magic and Sally and Jillian's kooky and loving Aunt Jet and Aunt Frances, this candle captures the imagined scent of their beautiful home, particularly the greenhouse and extensive gardens. This candle includes notes of rose, jasmine, honeysuckle, and vanilla. I think you're going to have to buy that candle just to put inside Darlene. Darlene. I know. I will. Greenhouse said what? That sounds amazing. (laughs) So I want to say that these come in like a big eight ounce glass jar with one of those twist on metal lids. And Mm -hmm. I love these because you can clean them out. You clean the wax out. And if you don't know how to do this, put a pot of water on your stove, kind of like a quarter filled with water so that the water heats up. Put the candle in so it melts the wax, and then you're just able to pour the wax out and wipe it down with some kind of paper towel. Mm-hmm. But like that candle is gonna be so good for like storing herbs or teas, like which is fucking love jars. Oh, what can't you store in this candle, dude? I will save a jar from classical. Yeah, yeah, I will save any jar if Bagel. it's like if it's glass and it looks cool. Yes, you could take the label off, make your own freaking label for that jar. Yes, I freaking love jars. So check out, that was Mid Slumber Products at, over on Etsy. And another one on Etsy is Wizard Hook. And their candle is about the same size, but the scent profile is lavender, ember, and black myrrh. That sounds lovely. It's lovely. I really love like the earthier scents. I do too. I'm a huge vetiver fan. I don't know about you. I fucking love my, I love me some vetiver. Have you ever Dude, smelled vetiver? I don't think so. Ooh, it's nice. Where would I have smelled it? um doTERRA makes a good vetiver oil um you don't burn them you just put them in like the air diffuser like the Mm -hmm. water diffuser oh god it makes everything smell it's got like a kind of like a manly kind of musky kind of scent i like it's very earthy very woodsy um it's very lovely if you're trying to de-stress oh i like that i recommend highly recommend vetiver okay yeah so i have one more inspired um aunt's creation and that is also on etsy by bewitching wax co and this is a wax melt so it's um (laughs) it says it's the aunts okay get this all right bourbon sauce pie crust buttered rolls oh and a (laughs) wax melt snap bar dude i want to eat that i I, they had me at bourbon bourbon sauce pie crust buttered rolls that sounds like thanksgiving right there it sounds awesome so it also goes on to say the strongly scented wax melt snap bar is an absolutely delicious bakery scent with notes of rich bourbon sauce fresh baked pie crust sweet homemade buttery cookies and honey buttered rolls girl i would (laughs) what did sally say had a hard time eating not eating it what her for her um mint oh, oatmeal mint shaving oatmeal. cream yeah yeah i couldn't <gasps> stop eating it couldn't right? stop eating it you guys are just gonna see me and you just like eating wax on the next episode <laughs> <laughs> um 
And I want to just shout out another artist to check out. And their name is Little Enith and Sons. And they're on Instagram and um, Etsy. They're one of our followers, but they do some super awesome like renditions of practical magic art as well as the aunts and they're killer their style is super unique and like really spooky like they're they're just their style is something i've never seen before so i really recommend checking them them out they're over on etsy and again it's little enith e-n-i-t-h and sons um for some aunts witchy magical art that sounds amazing is this from Fairy Magazine? It is from Fairy Magazine. So I just wanted to leave the readers with a little bit of the the caretaker of the Owens family, Frances Owens, and some of her and her sister's rules from the Practical Magic series. And this is in issue 40. This uh, it's a it's not a poem. It's just like a, a list of rules, right? Um, it's called Always Conjure Midnight Margaritas, A Checklist for Living Like the Aunts by Grace Newth, N-U-T-H. Mm-hmm. And the illustration on this is really cute. It's so it says, cute. What's the bottom say? Illustrated by Guinevere von Sneeden. Is that what that says? That looks, yep. That looks like Okay. So Francis and Jet Owens are role models for so many of us who dream of living like these gorgeous and unashamed grand dames when we get older. But why wait? Take their advice and live like you want today. I'm going to just read this like Darlene. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. No, I'm not. I'm not going to read it. Um, read it like Donna. So, eat chocolate cake for breakfast. Dance under the full moon. I'm just going transatlantic with it. Uh, Clothes entirely optional. Cats belong in your home, on top of your tables, and wherever they so please. Is that not the truth? Hell yeah. Always be kind to neighbors, even if they cross the street to avoid you. Mm. Wear giant hats. The more dramatic, the better. Take caution. Peering into the covered mirror in the shed, you might see your future. Love, nurture, and know your own garden. The dangerous plants and the gentle. Remember that there's a little witch in everyone. A parasol is both a practical and fashionable accessory. I love their little parasols. Can't practice witchcraft while you look down your nose at it. Leave your back porch light on at night for those who may need you. If a broom falls, company is coming. You can always tell a witch by her red shoes. On hot August days, when you want to murder whoever crosses you, drink lemonade instead. (laughs) (laughs) That's great advice. Um, wear the fancy dress today. Use the formal china. Life is a celebration. I love that outlook. I do too. Bathe with lavender oil and cool, fresh water. Being normal is not necessarily a virtue. It rather denotes a lack of courage. When life gets you down, conjure midnight margaritas and throw spilled salt over over your left shoulder. Keep rosemary by your garden gate. Play, plant roses and lavender for luck and fall in love whenever you can. Oh, my heart. I love these illustrations. I love how there's like lavender hanging and and uh, cats everywhere and they're drinking their midnight margaritas. Did I show you the pillowcase my sister-in-law sent me? No. <gasps> That's so cute. Throws spills on every left shoulder, plays rosemary, running around a gate, play You got them down. all. You got them all right there. Said, this is for your new podcast Aww. space. That's uh, cute. Your... I was like, girl, thank you. You know keep her keep her around she's a good one she's a good one (laughs) that's adorable awesome that is that is it you guys uh congratulations to you if you made it through this doozy of an episode i feel like we have not even tip to tip the iceberg hit the tip of the iceberg 
Billy Zane yeah. with Franny because she has so much. She does have so much. Um, I Please. can't believe that Billy Zane peeked his way into this episode again. <laughs> what the fuck, man? I don't know. Because what is wait, speaking of which, like not even touching like the tip of her story please come over to our patreon and join our book club we're starting with maria's story and going chronologically um so if you so choose you are able to like come along the story with us and we'll talk about rules of magic after we get through maria's story and if you want to learn more about franny that is the time to do it 100 percent. yeah, 100%. yeah uh, i feel like rules of magic is a lot of her arc right it is yeah, yeah. she's major major yeah. That story again is so sad. I know, but she she she's a force to be reckoned with. I mm. feel like she handles all of that hardship with such grace and she comes through it all with just this like fierce power. Like she just beasts through through all that hardship and she comes out on top. Um she is the true protagonist of her own story and she's like this is my story. I'm writing it. Like I I say what goes. She's like, a very Maria character, which, uh, what's Maria's uh, biological mother's name? Uh, Han- no, not Hannah. Uh, Rebecca. I want to know her story with right? this this troubadour, not troubadour, like this uh, t- uh, play person, this the- yeah. theater actor. Yeah. Because, wow. Like, what happened after? Because apparently she had another kid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She had to have. <sighs> Alice it's there's a, so much it's a rabbit hole you guys but this is exactly what Christina just said it's the tip of the iceberg this is just another little slice another little morsel for you to get your little paws on this week and next week we'll be coming at you Cleopatra with another episode <laughs> do we know what next week's episode is gonna be we yet? do it is our random generated pick and should we tell them what it is it is sure. The it's going to be saguaro cactus magic Ooh, and lore. Love it. All right. Awesome. Cool. So if y'all want to get in on the voting and get in on early, um, like to to know what the episodes are uh, almost a month in advance, head over to our Patreon and be a part of what we what we talk about. Yeah, and how we pick for- our topics. As little as $1 a month, you can uh, take part in those polls and yeah. contribute to the discussion. Let us know yeah. what you want to hear us talk about next. For $3 a month, you will get the show notes to this very episode on top of all the other show notes in our database up to this point. There's a lot so far, so go check that out. You get a nice, cool, printable, little aesthetically pleasing pleasing PDF if you want to download that. What else we got? We got some after afterthoughts some show notes after hours we uh, post some little behind the scenes tidbits of uh, the creations of each episode and what you know our thoughts were after recording them um <clears throat> i'm losing my voice i'm losing oh, my no. voice oh, no. um we've been talking so long you realize that we've been this episode has been we've been talking we since, started like, four at four o'clock and it's, it's seven thirty. it's four hours of non-stop talking that's nuts um anyway so oh yeah so for five dollars a month you could join us on our um discord our private discord which we're where we're hosting the book club and also you'll have access to our once a month uh facebook lives which have been really fun so <gasps> we have um, to schedule that have a schedule yeah we got scheduled january's facebook live um so it just gives the patrons you guys another chance to get up close and personal with us and get a little more personal and you know get a little more involved in the creative process um i feel like if you're because chatting with us we, directly yeah, yeah we yeah. know what we want to talk about but and i have taken so many fucking notes about victorian architecture but like we know that might not be what you want forefront yeah. 
So we have so uh, almost 200 different topics that y'all have a say in what we talk about next. So if Victorian architecture is not your thing, we need to know because that might be my (laughs) choice for next month. Get over to Patreon and vote. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, our $8 tier is our Hey Rose tier. That's where we're posting our uh, song sewed songs all the songs you hear on our song sewed episodes those will be posted there in their entirety so you could stream those on there access lyrics behind the scenes content for all the songs as well as other audio visual content meditations bonus episodes you name it it's all there so real that's quick did, for our last song episode you did something really cool you had it available in a few different ways for different patron tiers oh could right, you right, right. tell us about that yeah so if all right, so on our song episode, we promised you guys that we will add the, the songs in their entirety for streaming purposes and all of the lyrics and any other bonuses that come with those songs. Those are those will be on the $8 tier. But say right. you don't want to, you know, you're you don't want to front that much money that month, but you still want to be involved in the song episode episodes and that whole process. Yeah, so the $3 tier, you can access we um have a Spotify playlist for each song. So this is basically a production playlist um, with for our original music, and this is basically a patron collaboration. So the patrons, you guys can add songs to this playlist if it fits the vibe of the song on our song episode. And it just helps us get an idea of where the production, where we want to take it for that song. So once we do bring these songs to an actual studio, um, we can kind of like get a, a feel and like kind of map out how we want the song to sound like different elements like if you hear drums in a certain song that make you think of one of our songs add that to the playlist for that song and you said it perfectly and yeah. i think it was in the song so you called it like a scrapbook of mm. like inspiration basically like you need yeah. a you need a starting point like i like the bells from this i like the drums from this like how yep. we're gonna map it out for sure exactly so for on our three dollar tier you can access that instead because since it's a song or so we're not really gonna have show notes for that since it's not really information um so i figured i would replace the um the show notes with the playlist if that makes sense yeah yeah and then for the one dollar tier since it's you know strictly polls and stuff um i figure you guys will want in on getting in on that discussion as well what is the next song episode you want to hear next Mm -hmm. Uh, so for the one dollar tier you can vote on the next song so you hear judging just by the song title even though you've Mm -hmm. never heard the song you go in blindly, pick a, mm-hmm. pick a song title, what concept <laughs> you want to hear the song for, and that will be the next song of So We Do. Yeah. So that's that's it for, for the um the patron tiers. Uh, we do have a Instagram at Instagram.com. Well, what, what is it? Instagram.com slash Magnolia Street Podcast. You could email us, Magnolia Street Podcast at gmail.com. We have TikToks flying out now. What else? We got we got things we got goodreads <laughs> we're on goodreads. goodreads if you want to know all of the books that we mention on the show all of the books alice hoffman mentions in her books and the mm-hmm. books that we think give off the practical magic magical vibe uh and so much more over on goodreads uh magnolia street podcast over there yeah is that it uh leave us a voicemail tell us a story and also please <laughs> leave us a rating please leave us a rating yeah leave us a rating and a written review if you listen to us on apple podcasts we would greatly appreciate it 
It helps bump us up in the algorithm some more practical magic. Fans just like you can join the party. Can like join Magnolia <laughs> Street. You get a change of address card. Ooh, wouldn't that be so cute? If you join the Patreon, then we send out like a welcome to Magnolia Street. Here's your change of address. And it's like, it's like a little postcard. Oh, that'd be so stinking cute. I don't have the time to do that. Don't get your hopes Wait, what up do you there. mean change of address? You know how like when you move, you have to change your address? Yeah. Then then I think it was back in the day, you would get like a change of address card you would send oh. out to all your people in your address book. Oh. And it's like, this is my new address. That's Mail cute. me here. It's so cute. That's cute. We'll, t- we'll talk about this. This might be a thing. Yeah. With a little, little stamp, little red, white, and blue on it. Yep. Unless we want to do digital. And we can email them one. True. I think we can email them one. Yeah, let's do that. Or one that they could do. They could. We don't even have to email. They just access it on our Patreon. We could just like upload it as a printable PDF. They could print it out themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Join All right. us for our book club. This um, this has been the Magnolia Street Podcast, the Practical Magic Fandom Podcast, brought to you by the Stinas. I'm Justina, and I'm Christina, and, and we'll, we'll see, see you next time. At that house. Down the street At that house on Magnolia Street Would you go down to Magnolia Street with